0: Hey, yo, welcome to another edition of 43.6, the sports podcast you always wanted. I'm Dustin Perry, and I'm joined by James Key. Hello, James. Hello. And Maddie Key. Hello, Maddie. Uh, we have a lot to go over today, some of which of those stories will be Mark Giordano signing a new contract with the Toronto Maple Leafs, and he's play, playing for pennies. Uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning about to just. Sweep away the Florida Panthers. The Battle of Alberta is brewing in boys it ever a series. A lot of racism going on in sports, which shouldn't surprise anybody, but this is the world we live in, unfortunately. The uh, Cardinals are having quite the interesting year and, you know, addressing pitching in a very different way, a very different way than the Blue Jays are addressing their pitching and we'll discuss that. The CFL has made the news and we will discuss their agreement. Briefly. There's other football agreements happening. The XFL has reached an agreement as well. We were going to talk about that. We also want to talk about the Super Golf League and maybe someone hawking merchandise and selling autographs and all that sort of stuff. All that and a whole lot more. But before we get to that, I want to talk to you guys about your past week because we only talk to each other once a week, really. And... (laughs) That's a I want to know what you've been doing. The past we literally,
1: week. we literally mess each other all week in Discord.
2: <laughs> but like <laughs> a good talking to is a, once a week. Like the in depth, like I want to touch your soul kind of talk is once a week.
1: We the the girl talk only happens on Mondays.
2: <laughs> exactly. No, I golfed a lot this week. To be honest, it's uh, you know, after the past couple years where the season's been cut down by like a month and a half, two months, it feels like where. You know, you're allowed to apparently go inside to a shopping mall, but you couldn't go
0: outdoor and golf with family was the dumbest thing and cost me two months. You know, there's so many things that we're going to look back on during this COVID era and be like, yo, none of that shit made sense. And that's one of them where it's like, no, no one can play golf. Oh, you think,
1: wait for monkeypox.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, wait for monkeypox.
2: Belgium just belgium just closed their mandatory quarantine and lockdown for monkeypox they did not i swear to god wow yeah here we go someone okay. fucked the monkey and,
1: and this listen <laughs> listen this is not something <laughs> people are going to be able to hide this you know people aren't going to be able to to covet this one if it's real you know what i mean like there's going to be no people being like it's just the chicken <laughs> Like. chicken it, it's or, you, it's visibly on your body. Like they're not. It's just the flu. Nah, you're fucking red dotted all over, bud. You're oozing pus. Dude, uh, it's not
2: even red dots. They're like giant gross lesions, sacks right? Of shit. Yeah, yeah, it's like honestly, if I see anybody with it, I'm treating them like a leper, like back in the
0: Old Testament. It kind of looks like The Last of Us with the cordyceps growing on them. Yeah,
1: <laughs> we need Christian oh, exactly. Slater stat. Where's he at? He usually is <laughs> in all those movies. He can solve this problem.
2: Yeah, Christian Slater for sure is the man. He was in The Wizard. Remember that was shit? He, that movie was awesome.
1: But was he not in Outbreak? Nor was that Dustin Hoffman?
2: That was Dustin Hoffman, sir.
1: <laughs> I, yeah. I, I don't know why I got those two mixed <laughs> patient up. Patient
2: Zero, the, the, the monkey that started the Motaba virus.
1: Yeah, but wasn't Christian Slater in Outbreak?
2: Fuck the final, man. Outbreak was a trash movie.
1: <laughs> Bet up.
2: But yeah, no. Golfed a lot this week, so excited to kind of make up for lost time.
0: James, uh I
1: watched um, all that's available of Shorzy. Um, yes, it's re- <laughs> it's really good. Uh, it's Letter Kenny without being Letter Kenny, which is why I think it's awesome because you you still get that that same humor, but it's it's like Letter Kenny adjacent, right? And I mean, I don't mean that. Uh, literally I mean that because it is literally but it's more figurative. figuratively that um, the reason that I enjoy it you can you can tell it's in the same universe obviously like having the same character um, and you know I, I honestly I think I was one of those people who was like the whole idea of having Shorzy being this guy that you never saw you just heard his chirps and now he's a full-fledged character like it doesn't. It it's so good that it doesn't matter. Like you're just you're it, well, you're sold they from the beginning. Him. Yeah, it's good. He's like, like they master turn him chief. from
2: this like shit talking like tough guy that it, like myths and shit about to like you know he's he has depth and he has actual character and you know you see that he he needs people around him you know to kind of be the best version of himself, right? Yeah, and there's so an episode. Kind
1: of, yeah, there's an episode the the family reunion episode. I yeah. think was, don't was get really into it. cool. I haven't
2: seen it
3: yet, though. I
1: oh, don't know. I won't. I'm just saying there's a family reunion episode that's really, like, is a good example of that kind of, you know, building out a character that, that yeah. was presented as so, like, one-dimensional, you know? So it's really I, cool.
2: Though, I will say, though, it is, like, to me, and it's probably just because the best parts for me about Letterkenny are obviously the hockey because of the culture that, like, Jim and me grew up in, and then also, too, like the farmers, because same thing, it's the same type of people we all kind of grew up with, right? So, you know, I related to that the most, so you're taking and enjoyed it the most because it made me laugh, relatable humor. So it was one of those things where it took the best part to me of Letterkenny, which was like the funny hockey stuff, and just made it a devoted show.
0: That's interesting, because... Me as a guy who didn't grow up playing hockey, like the hockey stuff in Letterkenny is like the least funny stuff to me. Like I I enjoy all the other very Canadian centric parts of the show, and the the hockey stuff is it's funny. Like I get the jokes, like I'm I I understand, but like it's not a part of my life that I grew up with, right? So it doesn't resonate with me the same way.
2: No, I hear you. It's 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 relatable, but not like i guess incorporated into like your historical tale of life
1: i just wish like chirps are a thing in hockey for sure like always chirping oh, yeah. right
2: oh some of the but, shit i said i'd be arrested now
1: but you know what i wish i wish i could chirp as fast like i know it's written right but i watch it and i was like man if i could chirp that fast like I, I could be pretty quick-witted but like man that's that's the fucking goose golden goose egg man if you could chirp That's that fast, I guarantee chirp. NHL contract. Because you would throw dudes off their game instantaneously. You tickets to the I've show. Heard, if you could chirp,
2: have you ever heard NHL players mic'd up? Oh
1: they're yeah, but almost it's almost that st- quick. Nah, it's not that quick. The, that like guy, the good the,
2: ones like Claude Giroux and Brad Marchand, those guys are snappy.
1: Yeah, but it's not one after the other. They do it. You're right. They're quick in context, but if you could just rolodex them. It like dewey decimal system pull out a chirp holy shit that'd be man that'd be fucking awesome
0: uh I, something i didn't add to our lineup for today because i kind of forgot about it but now that you mentioned brad marchand i feel like we have to at least discuss this do you remember earlier last week when uh i guess it was right after the bruins were eliminated from the playoffs they were doing their media availability with all the players and marchand showed up wearing a ramones t-shirt And I, I imagine just one of the reporters just to make small talk at the beginning of the press conference instead of like, you know, just instead of your basic questions. How do you feel about losing? Oh, oh, like uh, Ramones, cool. Like, what's your favorite song? (laughs) His response was, "I'll be honest, I have no idea who Ramon is." (laughs) I
1: mean, it's generational generational turnover, man. You should
0: generational. See, that's the the, thing.
2: They started like punk rock
0: arguably no no what what i mean by is that is brad marchand is our age like he's like appear to us like in age demographics like this guy's like in his mid-30s
1: yeah i guess he's a grown man
0: now do you think he's just being a dick if you don't listen to that music i understand
1: maybe he's just being a dick
0: i don't think so
2: no because he had so many so many opportunities to be a dick about shit that actually matters
1: yeah i don't like, know it just seems like uh, like i think you're right on the level like ramones is kind of especially even in hockey like if you watch the molson canadian commercial in the last 15 years blitzkrieg bop was the theme for a bunch of those commercials were they not
0: see i i understand that i i i assume that brad Marchand knows those songs do so you think like he knows, he knows what the, the misfits the are? song? He just doesn't know it's the remotes. Do you think he
1: knows who the Clash are? Misfits?
0: No. The Cure.
1: <laughs> the Cure? No.
0: I, I am willing to bet he owns a Misfits T-shirt. Oh.
2: <laughs> no, he has, he, he, yeah. no, he probably has. He probably goes to Hot Topic, buys a Misfits and a No FX T-shirt, having no idea who they are.
1: Do you, sir? Do you know who Iron Maiden is? Have you ever heard of this Judas is? Priest? Do you like Fozzie?
0: This is a normal. This is a normal thing in fashion now, and. Oh yeah. Uh you especially you especially see it with like younger girls who are wearing like a Metallica t shirt and like Okay, okay, here's the thing. Here, 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 here's Yo, the you thing. Her yeah. what? What's your favorite Pink Floyd song? Okay. If you ever see a young girl wearing a, a band t shirt specifically from like the seventies to eighties, even into the nineties, I guess it was Nirvana like
3: the, 90s.
0: <laughs> the Nirvana ones are popular too. Um, do not ask her about the music. Do, actually, here's a better piece of advice. Do ask don't them. ask a girl anything ever about what they're wearing. Like, just <laughs> this is a trap, okay? There's nothing you can say that you're going to come out on top here. Like, just, just don't say anything, okay? That is the best advice I can give to anyone about girls. Do not comment anything about their appearance in any way, okay? Because you will get arrested. As a brown man, I'm telling you. You will get arrested. You will get maced. Like this is uh, trouble. Stay away. Yeah, wait Red for, flag. They don't come to you. <laughs> Let them come to you. Let them start the conversation with you. Absolutely. <laughs> like, don't even. Don't even try. This is just a lawsuit waiting to happen. Okay. You know
2: what? That was our high school though. Like so many girls, or used to wear like the Pearl Jam or the Led Zeppelin or the Nirvana or the Pink Floyd T-shirts, and they were just like, I never listened to the music, but my dad was a fan.
1: Oh like, yeah. Uh, you're all. wearing a you're wearing a Bret Hart shirt there. That's what's you your favorite Bret is? Hart match? Yeah. Do you what's your, do you know do you do you sharpshooter bro?
0: Do you even know? No, do you know? Do you even screwjob bro? Um, so here's the difference. Uh, there's significant differences between fashion for men and women. Guys are more of like, here's the things I like, and I put it on my body. <laughs> right? Like it's obviously. It's like your tattoos, right? Like, they're things that you like and whatever. Whereas women, I think, are more... Generally speaking, uh, women are more about... They like what it looks like. It's not necessarily... Dude, it's
1: how they pick pick, uh, teams in pro line and they end up winning. They're like, I like the Jaguars and they're... They're cute cats. Underdogs, (laughs) fucking 48 to 1. And then they pick the Jaguars and they win. But we're sitting here going... Well, uh, Travis Etienne uh, hasn't played this year, and Trevor Lawrence has thrown fifteen interceptions in the last four games. Yeah, and
0: we're checking just like, the weather forecast. Yeah, and,
1: they're like, like the Jaguars which, are what cool cats. If they win the
2: coin toss, have they taken the north or south end of the field to start? Like, yeah, but it's true. It's why I refuse to do any kind of bracket or pool
0: what my stepmom's involved in
2: because she picks based off color of the jerseys and names of like the mascots.
0: Well, if you're talking like NCAA basketball. Um, I was it like ninety five percent of the time a team that's blue ends up winning, so yeah. it's not a bad strategy. To be honest. Well, it's because it's because ninety five percent of the teams <laughs> have blue in their color scheme, and some of the good um, ones are very blue. Yeah, exactly. On the,
1: back on the T shirt kick though, uh, one quick about Nirvana T shirts. Funny story and, and a life lesson, if you will. Um, I was looking on TeePublic Public the other day, and I was going to buy a couple shirts, and there was this Nirvana shirt that's not available anymore, but it says Nirvana. And it has a picture of Owen Wilson looking up, like, into the horizon. Like, it's supposed to be ironic. Like, people wouldn't know that that's not Kurt Cobain, but it is Owen Wilson. And it's still on Etsy. Oh, oh,
2: you should have got it.
1: It's still on Etsy. But here's the thing. Yeah, I was mulling it over, and I was like, should I? Where's
0: this? i'm literally typing in owen wilson oh my god
1: (laughs) (laughs) i was like should i shouldn't i shouldn't i I didn't and now i regret it and now i have to get probably some bootleg etsy version but i'm gonna get this t-shirt yeah i might i might go downtown to like toronto tees or something and get them to press it on but it's a good fucking shirt gonna make it oh that's gonna
2: make it she has a t-shirt
0: press
1: it's a good t-shirt
0: not that's only hilarious. is there an... there's also not just an Owen Wilson one, but there's also a Hanson one as well. Where I know Hansen with the Oh, yes, <laughs> <laughs> which is a very Canadian joke, but yeah, uh, that's fantastic. Yeah, that was it's that good. was a hit, man. I, I don't care what anybody says. I'm that not was gonna lie lo- though. No, if where's that shit the love? Came
2: on the school dance. You were ready to go.
0: Where's the love? Was the better song. You're no, that's objectively a bad take. You can move a whole, on. As I said that I now. Questioning Is Hanson Canadian or am I thinking of the Moffats? You're
1: thinking of the Moffats. I think
0: you're of the Moffats. Hanson was American, weren't they? Yes. No, Hanson's like... Hanson's the three dudes who all had the same hairstyle. The same, okay, like, so straight,
1: time out. Hair. Okay, okay so quick, another quick from story. Okay, Oklahoma. <laughs> okay, another quick story about Hanson. When I was in grade school, I remember I was in grade five and there was this dude in grade six. And we were outside and we were playing soccer and this dude comes running over to everyone and he was talking and he was like, man, that Hanson band... Yo, how about that keyboardist? She's so hot. And then, <laughs> I remember this. And if there was a TikTok, that Oh No, Oh No song would play immediately for this guy. <laughs> nothing, there's, like, no, Not there's, there's anything wrong with that. That's a dude. No, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that.
0: But when James was growing up, this would have been, what, like almost 20 years ago. Yeah, it times were like different. 95.
1: Times were different, yeah.
0: Times were very different in oh, the yeah. mid-90s about... Uh, Homosexuality and bisexuality and whatever, like yeah. especially as a young boy, um, that would at have been a, a traumatizing school. thing to say at a Catholic yeah. school too. At a
1: Catholic, yeah, at a Catholic school as well, right? So I think it was just funny that you know, just thought it was a chick.
2: <laughs> pretty hot. Ah! <laughs>
1: that keyboard is that keyboard chick's pretty hot. That's a dude. <laughs> it's like the it basketball. Did, did sink
3: pretty high. <laughs>
0: jeez (laughs) you guys are losing it dude That us see (laughs) basketball
2: (laughs) okay
0: yeah please do jesus h okay so you guys can't see this right now and i can't ever see maddie because maddie doesn't have a camera turned on but james is like hunched over in his chair like he is borderline rolling around Dude, have you seen
1: basketball right yes (laughs) you know (laughs) You know, what's <laughs> sweet.
0: Maddie, just, Maddie, she has back the Adam's you. Word you're saying.
1: <laughs> but she has the Adam's apple. He's like, her sweet Adam's apple.
3: <laughs> oh
1: man! Oh man! That movie, I'm gonna watch that tonight.
3: Oh my god!
1: I'm gonna watch that immediately after this show. Oh, oh man! God, that, that makes was me good. laugh. Oh.
0: I look like I Amber Heard trying to cry on the stand. Oh, I could, I could definitely continue this conversation about fashion and how men and women differ, and oh. I, I, I don't, I'm not going to. It, was, it will take way, way, too much time with this, but no. at some point we're going to have to discuss jerseys,
2: sports, sweaters.
0: <laughs> well, yes, at some point we're going to have to talk about sports on podcast. But I mean, uh, jerseys and like what's acceptable to wear and what's not. And I think we need to put a pin in that one and come back to it later because I have a lot of thoughts on this, as you can as you, James, and Maddie can see there's jerseys hanging behind me, but um, there's there's rules to this. And the rules only apply to men. Women can do whatever they want. Again, guys, just, do not comment guys. on what a woman's wearing ever, okay? It's not worth it. Just keep moving, okay? Um, we were going to keep moving, though. Uh, I do want to talk about my week, though. Uh, firstly, Saturday I was in Coburg, Ontario for Northumberland Wrestling. I got to be a referee for, you know, first time in a while with Brad Myers. Long, but I
1: with Brad
0: Myers, Brad Brad and I. So the way it works, uh, the promoter just said to Brad, like, just book the referees. (laughs) (laughs) You pick them. You know them. Just book them. So Brad always reaches out to me for those shows, which is uh, kindly appreciated. There's a couple of really good matches. I think the one that stood out the most was Von Vertigo versus Shane Saber.
1: Ertigo is the best talent in Ontario that doesn't have championship. Like he should, he should be like someone's champion. Everywhere. Well,
0: on this event, he was defending the PCW UK title. Uh, so I, some championship out in the UK, which he won last time he was there, which is kind of cool. Uh, similar to what you know, sometimes you'll see guys come over here and win championships, and it's it at least guarantees they're coming back. So I remember when the Young Bucks won like the squared circle tag team titles. It's like, well, I guess they're coming back at least one more time to drop the belts again. And on Sunday, I'm losing track of the days with the long weekend. On Sunday, I went to the Blue Jays game. That was a lot of fun. Um, I
2: saw that massive wiener you posted.
0: Dude. Okay, so here's something that I'm going to tread lightly with. But (laughs) I sent... where did, did I send you that? Oh, I sent in the Discord. Discord, like, yeah, does, yeah. Like, who did I send that picture to? Um, so I, I bought a foot long hot dog, and I was trying to take a picture of, like, give you an idea where I'm sitting. And I, I like to have the hot dog in the picture because I like hot dogs. But I didn't want to be one of those guys who are like taking out their phone and like standing all <laughs> the way back here trying to take the picture and all this stuff. So I put it on like the, the wide angle lens on the back shooting camera. And it's, it works out great. Like, you don't have to move your phone around like an idiot. But what it ends up doing to this hot dog, this foot-long hot dog ended up looking like a three-foot-long hot dog.
1: So you it learned did. something that day.
0: So I think uh, for our predominantly male audience.
1: If you ever got a Tinder to keep in mind. yeah,
0: Life so, hack. You know, the, the wide-angle lens. That's a life hack. Yeah, 100%. We could all use a couple more inches.
1: It's a grower not a shower no was that backwards Wait, no that's a shower, right we're not a grower <laughs> that would <laughs> that be, work no that would be not good
0: but now but yeah, while i was, was a, couple things, a couple things happened while i was at this game uh first of all i called the game winning home run which is really weird like i just looked over at my buddy and said i feel a home run coming here and he laughed at me. He's like, nah, Votto's a bum. Nothing's going to happen here. And literally the next pitch, he smoked a home run. And he told me it was my fault and he was upset at me the rest of the day. The second thing that happened, though, during that game, I was just rolling through Twitter between innings and Mark Giordano signed a new contract with the Toronto Maple Leafs and he signed it for two years and he signed it for $800,000 a year. What? Okay, so we were talking, I think last week or perhaps the week before, about what the Maple Leafs are going to do this offseason. And James has his opinion. Maddie disagreed. (laughs) I disagreed. We we, we went around for a while discussing what we think the Maple Leafs of next year will or could look like or what we think it should look like. I think we were all in agreement that there was no way Mark Giordano was coming back. Because the Leafs had him at 3.375, so 3.3. But I think that's because a portion of his contract was retained. Yeah, 50%. Yeah, he was making... Uh, I have it here: six, seven, five. It, nope, no, nope, no, nope, that can't be right. That can't be right. It doesn't matter. He was making oh, six plus essentially, and I understand he's an older guy now. Like it was six, seven, five. I understand he's an older guy now, and he probably wasn't going to get six and change, but he probably would have got four, maybe three. Three for at, sure. Like, at the I, least, I you think maybe three million dollars?
3: Yeah,
1: I was like, I was of the thought that he was going to get i mean on a sweetheart deal i thought it was it was two.
2: Two, two and a half.
1: yeah i thought that would that would be the sweetheart deal so yeah this is huge i
2: i'm shocked it's just i to go full hockey term just what a beauty because his comments were that he did it because he sees potential in this team and yes we know the jokes they'll come we get it but they're right there especially as you know we'll we'll get to later. Seeing what Tampa is doing to Florida, but he he sees the potential of the foundation that's there. He knows they're close. He feels they're close, and not just that. Being a hometown kid, and for years I know we can all shit on Mike Babcock, but he did say what they wanted to do organizationally, top down, was the Toronto boys, the dudes from here who grew up loving this team. They will come play because they will create an environment that they want to be part of. And that's what they've done. And if there's one thing that Babcock, you can say that you may not have liked him, but he did, is he instilled that partially it culture into this organization as well. He had a hand in it. Guys like Spezza, although he shit on Spezza, <laughs> game one or inter- turn but still, you know, Gio comes back, Tavares comes back, you know, all these hometown boys who want to stay, and guys like Gio and Spezza who take big pay cuts. And Spezza, who flat out says, he's like, if it's not the Leafs, I'm retiring. You know? So, I think that's a big deal, especially from guys that have the level of respect and cachet of Spezza and Gio to to do
1: that. So, yeah, I mean, I agree wholeheartedly with that. I think for years, as fans, we've always been said, like, where's the guy who's going to come home? And then Tavares came home and then Spezza came here and... You know, like, the thing about Geo too, apparently that wasn't the offer that was on the table. Elliot Friedman reported today that Gio is the one who actually suggested to bring his contract down to $800,000. I'm assuming he was over a million um, to, for the team. He wanted to do it for the team. So a couple things that was really interesting to me. Number one, like, first of all, on the whole hometown guy's coming, it's great to have all these guys come home. Fantastic. Let's get them under 30. That that would be a great start is to get a couple, <laughs> couple of these guys coming home under thirty. Um, at like twenty
2: seven when they finally, hey, maybe it's McDavid.
1: Yeah, who maybe. Knows? Who knows? Um, but uh, the one thing I will say is, um, with with Giordano, he could have gone at that point. Like he's at, he's never won. He's never won a cup, and he's at the point in his career where he's probably. Wants to choose where he thinks he has the best chance at winning a cup. So, in as much as you can say he chose here for home, guys. Let's be honest. In one or two years, he's coming home anyway because he's probably going to retire. So, the I, to me, a guy like Giordano, who's been through the grind, especially in the Western Conference for Calgary teams who, you know, have played in the playoffs, who didn't quite make the play. He's he's seen the, like some of the best hockey. In his career, for him to say he has confidence in this team and to give up money to, to stay here and thinks that he, this is one of his best ch- chances to win is, is quite telling, I think.
2: Well, think of it like this, too. He didn't just see Western Conference hockey. He played it in peak Western Conference hockey. Right. Where it was an absolute war to go through. That's like the height of the L.A.s, the San Jose's, the Ducks. When going through California, you were lucky to come out with one or two points from ties, like overtime losses in two of those those three games. So he saw that Western Conference when it was ruthless. And not just that, you're not telling me that at the end of the season, when it's all said and done, he could have played his options and said, Tampa comes calling and says, hey, we'll give you league minimum to come here. And he could have done that, right? I'm sure there's teams that were of the Tampa's Maybe some of these other teams that are in it, who knows? Maybe Edmonton he or Calgary, play. or yeah, or even go back to Calgary, right? Yeah. And say still owns a,
0: he still owns a home in Calgary, right? I mean, for now, for now, he listed it a couple days ago, but yeah.
2: exactly. So I think that that's very telling when a guy like that would essentially have his choice to go at the price point that he did sign with the Leafs at. He could have gone anywhere, yeah. but he chose to stay and not let it get to July first, because not only did does he say, "Hey, let me." give up this money
1: he doesn't listen to to anyone else
2: not just doesn't listen to anyone else but he does it so far ahead that he gives them time to plan
1: that too actually yeah that's a good point he does and i think on that note what do you think this says for the decor to me i think it means
2: it solidifies the top four
1: yeah well i don't i think it solidifies the top three um i i think that
2: i think muzzin showed enough in the playoffs that he gets to, to to start the season feeling like a firm top four.
1: Yeah, I think Hall is probably gone. I think this means Hall's gone, because I think they're fully like a fully healthy Sandine and, and what Lilligren showed you last year, especially as Gio's partner, is quite positive. And I think Giordano's the definitely the role model that you would want next to a guy like Lilligren. The only thing I'll say about Muzzin, and I was talking to somebody about this the other day. The only I love Jake Muzzin. I think he's exactly what this team needs on the back end. Um, however, he has to be 100% healthy into next year because 5.5 million on and off the cap is not helpful. It's not, it's like you said, for in, for even for planning purposes. You get relief when he's on LTIR, but when he comes off LTIR, you don't get that relief anymore. So any solution you're going to have if he gets injured with that money only becomes temporary and that's that's very hard to manage and very hard to work around so when you think long term and when you think about how you want this team to be dependable and consistent going into the playoffs do you want five and a half million that maybe could be there that you might have to patch in and out of the lineup or do you want that five and a half spent on maybe somebody who's a little more healthy and a little more consistent i don't know I'm not the GM. I'm just thinking out loud here. about that would be tough for me to deal with, because if you want Muzzin back, you can't just fill that five and a half million because you're going to have to fit him under the cap when he's healthy. So then you have five million, basically five and a half million of dead cap space every time he's injured. Does that make sense? Do you know what I'm trying
2: to say? No, uh, yeah, but I think you know, like he has it, to have the off can't... season of
1: his life to me, and he's got to have, he's got to be. And I'm also worried about him. Like, I don't want this man's brain to be scrambled eggs. Like, you know. Yeah, because there's...
2: I, I, I will say when people... And this is the most frustrating thing. When people can say... And, you know, media people say it. And, you know, all these people say it. And I honestly feel like when it comes from a player, it's almost lip service. But when they say, you know, there's more to life than hockey. And I feel like they're saying that for cameras. Because this is all they've known since they were four years old to the point where, you know, training and off seasons and off ice training and getting better tryouts and all that shit of just becoming better. That's literally been their whole life for 35 years. Yeah. And to say that there's life after hockey, they they don't know what life is like without hockey. So you know, you hope that this dude can enjoy that post-hockey life in a high-quality state, Yeah, you know, and that's, you know, that's kind of what you're hoping for. But at the same time, it's, I think he's, I think in what he showed, like I said, in the playoffs and with a good off-season can do a lot. I do think that if an injury like that comes again, I think Dubis is the type of dude to go to him and be like, you're done.
0: I, we can't do this. Well, the, for context, the last time Muzzin played a full season was in 2016-2017. Yep. Load management. <laughs> yeah. He, he, I Sorry. mean, in fairness, 2017-2018 played 74 games. So that's pretty close to full season yeah. anyways. But after that, it was... Actually, you know what? I lie. I, I didn't add up the Kings and Maple Leafs together. So it was 2018-2019 played 80 games. But the 2019... You know what? Even the 2019 20, <laughs> It's only been the past couple of years. Now that I'm looking at all these and putting them in context, it's only the past it's couple of uh, So it was 47 uh-huh. games this year and 53 games the year before. Yeah. Wow. That, to me, that's 47. concerning this year. That th- doesn't feel like it was that little.
1: To me, that's concerning. Yeah,
0: it's like that's half the season basically. Yeah.
1: And the, the, the other concerning part to me is he has two more years left on the deal. So I actually wouldn't be surprised that they have a very serious conversation with him about what his future is. Um, and if there's, you know, if he feels he's good to go, then he's good to go. But I feel like if there's any indication that he's not good, they might shut him down and say, listen, you're Hobbit not island. Yeah. You're not coming off LTIR. You're, you're, you're quote unquote retired without retiring because we don't want the penalty. Um, you are just LTIR till, till the end of your contract. I, I wouldn't be surprised. But the thing with LTIR is, and people should remember, it's not free cap space. So every time in the off season, they have to bring Jake Muzzin off LTIR and then put him back on. So anything they do, they have to fit under the cap before they make relief, which is a well, weird rule.
2: In the off season, you can go something like ten percent. It's ten yeah.
0: percent above the cap. Yep. Yeah. So. so no, but there's yeah. definitely been a lot of juggling with the long-term injured reserve and there's significant loopholes in it like you get that relief during the season but then once it's playoff time doesn't matter anymore salary cap doesn't (laughs) exist and the number one culprit over the past few years of that has been the tampa bay lightning well chicago Uh, did it
2: first with patrick kane you remember
0: that that's true this hack did originate with the (laughs) chicago blackhawks but i think perfected by tampa with the whole situation where the guy doesn't play all year and then he will jump into the playoffs, and he's making, what, like $9 million a season. Ar-
2: and like. arguably the consmite of that year.
0: Yeah, he's not a he's, he's a pretty good guy. He's a pretty good player for the oh, Tampa yeah. Bay Lightning. Uh, and speaking of which, the Tampa Bay Lightning is just completely running over the Florida Panthers to, to a point where, and as we're recording this, they are currently playing, and I fully expect Tampa to sweep the Panthers tonight. That may change tomorrow. Um, if it does, it doesn't matter. It just means it's going to go five instead of four. Uh, Florida does not have it. Comparatively to Tampa, the way, the way Tampa's been playing, uh, like no one's stopping them. And so what I want to frame this with for you guys is two ways. One, does this make you feel better about the Maple Leafs? Considering Florida was the number one team in the NHL, not just the Eastern Conference. They had the most points in the NHL. They were the presence trophy winners. And they are getting their lunch taken by the Tampa Bay Lightning. Whereas the Toronto Maple Leafs took Tampa to seven games. Not only they took them to seven games, but they only lost that game by a goal. They were up in the third period in an elimination game in game six against the Tampa Bay Lightning. And they were right there. So last week, and I want to say I was saying this last week, where they are right there. This does not need to be blown up. This team is on the right track. That was my opinion. I'm still sticking to that opinion. I still think the Leafs are on the right track. I still think there's a lot better things ahead of them than we're currently seeing. I know it's bad with the optics of it. Like, five straight years of them missing the playoffs. But look at the Panthers. I mean, with, with Aaron Ekblad and and Huberto, and who am I missing? Barkoff. A big man on their team. and Barkoff. Barkoff. Like, this is the core that have been around for a long time. And they're kind of in the same situation the Maple Leafs are in, but only a couple years ahead. Right? Like, they haven't, I mean, as of today, they haven't won a second-round game. They made it to the second round, and that's something the Maple Leafs can't say. But they haven't won a second-round game, so you can kind of, look at it the same way. Does this series, and who knows? I mean, it's still currently going. Maybe Florida comes all the way back. But based on where it is right now, and based on where we're projecting it to be, a sweep, maybe game, uh, maybe five game series. Does this make you feel better about the current Toronto Maple Leafs? Yes or no, James?
1: No, <clears throat> because I didn't feel bad about the Leafs to begin with. They, I would say this year, going back, like they didn't collapse; they lost, and that's the difference. You like you can lose, and that's fine. They didn't, but they didn't collapse, and and they played. Like those most of that team elevated their game to a level that I think most of Leafs nation the passion that unites us all trademark uh, we're skeptical that they could reach right so when you when you consider it that way no it doesn't make me feel better about them I, I still I still think they're they're like I'm with you. I'm with you. I just think we, we have differing opinions on the path it's gonna take to get there. Right? I'm with, they're they're that close. They are to me a smash mouth defenseman and two bulldog type forwards away from being like the man. Like that's that's where I think they are. And I think when you look at Tampa, again if if the teams are so similar, um, but where where does Tampa beat? The, where does Tampa outclass the Maple Leafs? Drive on the bottom six, and their defensemen give you nothing, and they're massive, and they collapse in front of the net, and and their goalie, yes, why well, <laughs> their goalie's well, the Leafs scored what eighteen goals on Vasilevsky. Um, maybe more. Go back
2: and check the tape. I think I said going into the playoffs that for some reason, the Leafs are the only team in the league that know
0: how to
1: you get did. to Vasilevsky. You did say that. In our preview, you said for some reason, the Leafs have gotten to Vasilevsky this year. I will back you up on that. Um But again, here he is, world beating in the second round. Um Were Tampa pretenders? I don't think so. Um Tampa you know. went
2: through the shit too, though. They got swept oh, by Columbus. Sorry, Florida. Then they missed the play. Yeah. They, then they miss the playoffs right the next year and then they win, go on and win two cups or I they miss Flo- the playoffs yeah. then, then get swept I, by Columbus
1: I think Florida will be fine as a team I don't think mm, they have I much mean, to worry about um, do you hear
0: the media and maybe this is because they're Florida and there's no such thing as hockey media in Florida but <laughs> do you think that they're also having these conversations of time to blow it up trade away all the core and figure this out because this team can't do it.
1: No, but I don't think I that's think... the conversation around the Leafs this year either. I don't think that's the conversation around the Leafs at all.
0: It's it's not. In, in fairness to the Toronto media, it's not. But I think on the conversation on Leafs Twitter <laughs> with all the idiots like us, yeah, that that is a real conversation happening. I mean, but there's but still I think some people that emotional. That's yeah, emotional, right? There's some people that it's don't so... believe
1: in it. But I, mean, I you think... can't you can't look at Matthews and Marner's games this year, and even John Tavares and say they didn't they didn't give everything like you can't you can't say that for me it's just there are guys on this team that that i don't think did and in the stanley cup we talked the stanley cup playoffs is a war of attrition and it's wills like are you going to have the will and there were there were times on for this maple leafs team i saw guys with zero will i can't say that about tampa Every guy, but again, it's maybe because they've been through the ringer and they have a culture of, you know, maybe that's a John Cooper thing. I don't know. I don't know. Because they they did bring in guys that they like, they're just never quit. And I feel like we just need some more never quit in the just a little sprinkle of never quit in the bottom six.
2: But no, I again, no, they didn't collapse. And you could argue in the vast majority of that series, the Leafs were the better team. And you know, I would say if you looked at every game for 40, except for maybe game two, which they were historically bad, but outside of that, for 40 of 60 minutes, the Leafs were better team. Yeah. Now, where those 40 minutes are sprinkled out throughout the game, I mean, get, that is obviously, you know, up in the air, depending, it could be the first 20, the last 20, or, you know, the second and the third periods, or, you know, 10 minutes here, then 30 minutes here, and whatever. But for the vast majority of the Leafs were better. Where they got caught was just where I would say experience and know-how is what got Tampa through, is capitalizing on those weird bounces and those chances. And a prime example is, you know, Nick Paul's first goal. The puck gets in, Campbell kicks out a rebound, or the puck, I think, careens off something, and it bounces out in front. And it's not even a play that most people would even think of making but just swipes at the puck and it's an odd bounce and it goes in right you know so and
1: that's that's the never quit. But those are those are the p- players that win in the playoffs we've seen it every year for all the times is it's the the underdog guy who's just a never quit guy and they're the guys in the playoffs that become heroes and they're the guys out there for the leafs i, I mean i'm not going to tell you who it is because i don't know who it is but he's out there. Um, you know, a guy like Colin Blackwell, I thought, could have been a guy like that. Um,
2: I mean, he did play well, though.
1: He did, yeah. I, just, I think they need you know. more Blackwell, but with a little bit more size. And uh, when they get there, if they can find it, and I, listen, I believe in Dubis from his comp and bunting pickups. It's going to be hard to, I just think it's going to be hard to find lightning in a bottle twice with limited funds. And that's where he's going to have think- to get creative.
2: I do think Hosang is a creative option to replace Mikaiev because one, he goes to the Olympics, two, shows up well for the Marlies. I think that he could just be what that second line needs.
1: He'll get a look for sure. I think he will get a look. Um it is just, just their contract is coming off. I think Kerfoot Hall and morazic but, he,
2: but he's he's RFA, so you're gonna, you're gonna save money, most likely on signing him, because then it's like fine, don't sign.
1: Well, that's what I mean, and right? So you have Angval, Like, if you don't <coughs> sign Kerf, or if you don't sign Engvall, and you find a way to get out from under Kerfoot, Hall and morazic you have some funds there to play with that, that might get you what you need. morazic
2: um, is the albatross that you really want to get out of. Invest. Use use the leverage of entry level contracts with Wall and shulgren and invest in those and also you have dryden the kid from the ncaa
3: who yeah, could show don't... up
2: and become a feasible backup who knows it's a long shot but what i'm saying is you have these young goalies that at some point you're gonna to have to invest in them to be your backup like most teams do and i think shulgren has shown in spurts that he is a serviceable backup i wouldn't say he's your prime choice but for the cap constraints of this team he's serviceable
1: i mean it's definitely an option right like i i think you have to entertain all options right now the the thing that that pains me the most is i don't know you guys remember when they traded Marlowe and they had to give up a first rounder to get out from under that contract i'm a little bit concerned uh as to what it might take to get out of the marazic contract but um I don't know the name. I've heard I've heard floating around there. JT Miller, again, that would so, cost
2: Nylander for sure.
1: But that's the kind of guy I think changes the dynamic, and that never like that guy's not that that guy's not holding up on an icing, and he had ninety points this year, so like
2: yeah, would, on a, on a le- you could argue on a much lesser team than the Leafs. Sure,
1: but in in the in a, in a shittier conference for sure, but. If you were to ask me the things I would do to have JT Miller on this team, a guy who's you know won a cup with the aforementioned Tampa Bay Lightning, I would do a lot yeah. of things to get JT Miller on this team to play alongside Tavares. Well, it,
2: well, it would still save you a couple million too because he's making yes. like, what,
0: one and a half less than Nylander?
1: I think so. And Swedish. I feel Swedish. like we
0: can't we can't go a week on this show without James suggesting to trade Willie Nylund. So again, very um, trade, very will- tradable
1: value. Leverage what you have. Very tradable value laden contract that Listen, will let yeah, you a I, return. I
2: swear, a no trade.
1: I don't think no, no, he doesn't. What he has was Dubis saying when he signed him that I will not trade you. Which, as we talked about the other week, when uh, your your favorite radio show, the Boys from Overdrive, on you do it and you just say things have changed like you just like there's no time for he sentimentality. A, he, has a, he has
2: a modified no move in 23 24
1: so yeah you you got to think quick but i guess that's his yeah. last year right does he go into ufa after because the dangerous yes. thing with matthews is that he has the same he has a no move or i think a full no move which means they're dicked if they don't extend him
2: Again, I I don't think honestly as much as you want to say that, and people are like, oh, he's gonna want to do what Tavares did and go home and play Arizona. No, he's not. He's not going to play in a stadium or in an arena where you can't even have your logo on the ice. Get the fuck out of here.
0: No, Guys, it's not I'm Arizona. willing to bet the Arizona Coyotes won't be a team by the time Austin Matthews' contract expires in 23 24. But and the Leafs no, the Leafs they're gonna walk in there.
2: The contract will be down. The dollar figure will be blank. It'll say full no move. It'll say all that shit. And it'll say, just put in your number. That's right. all it's going to be.
1: But like, like I think it was Ryan, and I'm not a huge Ryan Whitney fan, but he was the one who said too, what's to stop him from going to LA? I,
2: I think, honestly, I think if out of anything, it wouldn't be LA. I think the Rangers are what scare you the most.
1: Rangers could be an option. Uh, who knows what? Vegas is fucking crazy. They do crazy shit all the time. Maybe it's by then it's Vegas. I don't know. Like there, there's, there's, there's thirty other teams that are going to be prepared. To Thirty-one. Thirty-one. Well, Arizona. <laughs> there's they They'll points. go
2: somewhere. They'll be in Quebec at that point. No one wants to go to Quebec. So. Right.
1: There's gonna. He's gonna have his pick of the litter. And we just got to make sure. And that. And that's what they were saying. I think they're the the courting of Austin Matthews for his extension starts yesterday. Right. Like you're asking him what he thinks of the team, who, what they think they're missing, all this stuff. You're you're probably talking to him about the captaincy. Like there's a lot of conversations that I imagine are happening to, you know, pucker up Buttercup. Like I think that's where it's they're at right now, because you don't want to have a no move clause and get to to July one, and you don't even want him sniffing free agency. Right. that's why
2: i think it gets done the year out like next summer i think it gets done there i don't think this goes we can they 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 don't do the wait and see approach like they did before and this dude's won back-to-back rocket richards and to kind of get that ability to be a rocket richard winner and be as defensively capable as he was and to show see that he elevated his game this playoffs That, Like I said, it's a blank check, and the only thing that would be stopping is if he's enticed by something else, but I think the relationships he has on this team with guys like Marner, with Riley, I think that does lend a lot, and I know people say, well, it's a business, but the way he was brought up being a guy all about family and the people around you, I think that has
0: some weight. Well, we'll have to wait and see of the Austin Matthews situation, and I think we're going to be waiting a while. I don't know if this contract's going to uh, be renewed anytime soon. But you guys are right; like it's something they're going to have to consider, especially building out the rest of this team. And I still don't think William Nealander is getting traded. And uh, Willie, I know you listen to the show, and I want to let you know <laughs> that uh, I don't plan on trading you if I was the general manager. Even Dude, though James wants to trade beyond the hashies, and I won't town. trade you either. James is going to put <laughs> this man on a train. And get him out of here as fast as he can. He can't get rid of
1: no. Man. If he fast watches enough. if he watches tapes of Shane Corson and Gary Roberts in the two thousands and learns to skate past the Hashies, then I'm good.
3: That's no, all just I want. watch it. Just
2: watch just all no, not even Shane Corson and Gary Roberts, just tell him to watch Peter Forsberg on
0: repeat, because yes. that's who he could be. Yes. No, what he needs to watch is Connor McDavid. Okay? And that guy <laughs> has just put the oilers on his back. And that's what the Maple Leafs were needing. They needed the guy to just completely take over a game the way that McDavid has been able to do for the Edmonton Oilers, specifically in the first round. But you've seen a lot of it now in the second round too against Calgary. And we talked about this last week when we said this is going to be the series to watch, and it has not disappointed. At times, it's felt like it was the Stampeders versus the Elks <laughs> with the amount of <laughs> points that were put up on the board. And well, yes. It's I did have to go to the CFL website and look up what Edmonton's team name is, because I had because <laughs> I had forgotten. because Forgot, yeah. I know they're not allowed to be called the Eskimos anymore. The Elks is actually a pretty good name. That's not bad. I like it. It
1: should be Elk though. Just saying.
0: Oh, you know what? It might be Elk. I don't know. No, it's Elks,
2: but it should be Elks. Elk. Uh, but you can keep all the thing. same branding,
0: right? Because the <laughs> East just drop the S. The s. The... No, there there is an S. Yeah, is the yeah, the Elks, but
1: it should so be okay. Elk why there should be no s because i think the plural what? of elk is elk
0: yeah like, but the leaves it leaves and leaves
1: i understand that well
0: the leaves don't make any sense like that's not even a word
1: yeah that's what i'm saying <laughs> should be
0: elk or the capitals
2: wouldn't it be the washington capital
1: are we talking money <laughs> washington capital games there.
0: Uh, according to google it it can be either elk or elks so you're not wrong and you're not right oh
2: god as as an aside before we dive into this edmonton um calgary series i hate that like turn of phrase that you're not wrong it's so overused and it drives me absolutely crazy
0: (laughs) i meant that literally like he's not wrong and he's not right
2: But yeah. just, you know how people use it as like a almost half condescending, half like comedic turn of phrase? Yeah. It drives well, me nuts.
0: You're not wrong. Yeah, I know what you mean.
2: I, I was oh actually God, just going to say that off.
1: and be like, well, you're not wrong. People do use it a lot.
2: Okay. Anyway, Edmonton Calgary, <laughs> legitimately, it's been exciting. Um, 15 goals in the first game. And... Calgary honestly I thought that was going to be a seven nothing game for Calgary with them scoring two goals in the first like 55 seconds M- I was like Matt's oh, Graceland
1: Matt's Graceland watching Mike Smith get lit up in in a minute oh,
2: I was honestly half cocked I was <laughs> so excited I had I had to make sure I wore the loose gray track pants that night because I was <laughs> damn near you know ready to go but it was the fact that it came out 9-6 says something for Edmonton, because it was 6-6 at a point. And it says something for their gumption to to kind of stick with it and get back in it. Um Game 2 was much more down to earth. Uh Game 3 had you know fireworks all over just with Edmonton just going to work and Evander Kane far and above outplaying his contract. He's playing like a $6 million player minimum in the playoff. So, um, yeah, I, this has been not what I thought it was going to be. I think Edmonton has shown up more than I thought they would have. I thought Calgary, especially the last game, has oddly been very pedestrian, um, for lack of a better term. But, yeah, I will say, and I... I don't know if there's going to be levels to this. And I know we talked about this kind of pre show quickly, but I, I will say this as a dude who kind of suffered from this a little bit. When playing the game, if you want to hurt somebody out there and you're much bigger than most of the people out there, you can tell when a guy's either holding up or, you know, he's actually going out there to do some damage. If Lucic wanted to end Mike Smith's career last night, he could have. Very easily. You know, Smith was already awkward stance. He was, you know, kind of turning around. Lucic is coming in full tilt. if he didn't actually let up or try to slow down, Mike Smith isn't playing another NHL game. 100%. You know, because, look, Lucic, I still, one of my favorite highlights, because I'm a firm believer that if a goalie comes out to play the puck, he's fair game. He's a player at that point. If he's out of that crease to play a puck, he better be ready to be treated like a player.
0: Even if he's in the trapezoid? 100%.
2: (laughs) No, 100%. Because as much as the trapezoid is the area of which a goalie is allowed to play the puck, at the same time, it's not the crease. It's white ice. If a goalie is anywhere in white ice, he is a player. It's like leaving your respawn point in Overwatch or some shit you are now part of the game, the greater game than just your area in front of the net. If the crease is supposed to be looked at as the area where that's the goalie's area, you bug him, you interfere, the old rule of skates in there, it's a no goal, then it should be same on the other turn, on the other side, that if a goalie wants to come out of his net to play the puck, he better be ready to take some punishment. And I think most of the reason they don't is because of goal- goalies are like quarterbacks in the, N- in the NHL. Right, the league has to protect them at all costs. Because if not, you—I will say this—I do get why.
1: Well, the goalies would be going
2: down. Oh, goalies would be going down left, right, and center. Right, but also too, how much, how many goalies do you think would start coming out to play the puck less? You'd have less Mike Smith coming out to play the puck. You'd have less Carey Price coming out to play the puck. And the NHL wants more offense. It would create more offense just by the goalie not grabbing the puck and then hucking it up the ice and then the play turning around the other way. So, I don't know. I, I think all the I think it's Edmonton fans freaking out to be like, oh, Lucic did it on purpose, and it's no, he didn't. If he did it on purpose, I mean, Mike Smith's not playing again.
1: I'm not going to say he didn't do it on purpose. I think there's accidental on purpose. I think the best players in playoffs are... I saw this on Twitter. Somebody said, what the Leafs need is a guy who can break the rules and get away with it. They don't have that guy yet. A lot of other teams and playoff teams have that guy.
2: Oh, Tampa um, has 13 of them.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah, they do exactly right. Boston has Marchand who who does dumb shit and gets away with it. Lucic does dumb shit and get away with it. The Leafs had Kadri, who did dumb shit and didn't get away with it. But they, I think, I agree that they they need somebody who does dumb shit and get away with it. But just on the whole Edmonton thing, man. Last week we said, and I think we were all in kind of agreement that Connor McDavid's gonna run out of like the proverbial bag of tricks to carry this team the series now man doesn't look like it (laughs) if they make it through the series and he continues to play the way he does right now almost like like dragging this motley crew of of (laughs) terrible defense and suspect goaltending through it might be one of the biggest individual performances you know not necessarily stat laden but uh individual performances in, in probably NHL playoff history. it'll I don't be think one of the most missed. impressive
2: things you'll ever see in the NHL if he does it.
1: like to get through this round and then and then who who would he have up next?
2: uh Colorado or St. Louis.
1: <laughs> I mean, that's both vicious. so like I don't know if I he's mean, getting people, all the way.
2: People thought Calgary was going to be a tough matchup one of those yeah. two teams though man especially if it's Colorado because they're kind of healthy outside of Sam Gerrard breaking his sternum oh, I, my butt tingles just thinking about that but yeah it's I just think if he does all of this and then they still lose this series I mean at that point he, he probably turns around and says guys get me some help I like, mean I think he
1: said was... that for the last six years but yeah I think
2: <laughs> but you know what I mean Here, yeah. Like he's, he he went out there and he's like I did my part
1: yeah, I don't think I don't think there's any questioning, similar to like how we we're like Will Marner, Matthew Stett, Like there's no questioning. McDavid's not doing everything he can to Will and carry this team to victory. Um, it's actually it's quite impressive. It's quite admirable, uh, especially as someone who's I have personally called into question his leadership ability uh, in the past. But he's proving me wrong in this playoffs.
0: I don't know. I think. And it's gonna depend on how this series turns out. I think the Oilers have done a at least this season, a serviceable job of getting him help. Like they went on and got Zach Hyman, who has been incredible in yeah. this playoff. Like he's been everything they've always needed. And plus the, the steal Kane. of the century so far for the NHL this season has been a Vander Kane to the Edmonton Oilers.
1: Yeah, he played at and a seventy, eighty point pace. Um midseason and it kind of makes me feel a little bit like shit because i know that there were talks about the leafs trading for evander kane and you know i think his character question um at the time before he was released from his contract but maybe that's an option maybe in the season he's going to be a free agent he's going to make a little more than a million and a half uh, after this playoffs i imagine but i don't think it's going to be north of five based on a lot of factors, is is that somebody you, you find room for? Wouldn't he look sweet on the left side of John Tavares?
2: Did you, no, could you imagine a left wing with Matthews, Marner, and Evander Kane as your top line?
0: Oh,
3: I'm I know, it, it,
0: we'll, we'll have to see how that turns out, but I Evander Kane has been... A, one of the features of this series, mean, all- a natural hat trick the other night, and he's just—he is poised and ready for this. And, yeah, and I—I'm I, not saying you guys do this, but I think a lot of the hate, a lot of the hate for Vander Kane is definitely warranted for some of the stuff that he's done, allegedly. But this, allegedly done. Um, although I think a lot of the hate for Vander Kane is because he's black, and. I we think are seeing, it doesn't help his case. <laughs> it, uh, yeah, especially in the world of hockey. Where, yeah, man, hockey is a weird sport like that. We have seen some really messed up stuff over the past few years uh, with PK Subban uh, being a, a guy who gets a lot of it. Uh, Vander Kane is uh, Wayne Simmons, uh, obviously Vander Kane and Nazem Kadri as well. It's not exclusively to black players. It's it's basically non-white players. I'm sure uh, the handful of East Asian players would have got it too. Well, I know Brandon Yip went through some shit when he played too.
1: What about the fact that we still don't know the answer to the investigation for Akeem Aliu?
2: Right? I know that's still outstanding, and that's something that's still very quiet on. But as Dustin was saying, for a sport that has all these initiatives, you know, Hockey like is the for everyone. Diversity committee. Hockey's for everyone that you can play. There's still a lot of bullshit that is tied to the game. And especially, and I don't know if this is like a rose-colored glasses or me, and for those who do know me pretty well, I'm not necessarily the most optimistic person all the time. You know, I'm arguably very cynical. But for someone who grew up in this city and loves this city, grew up in the sport and loves this sport. In such, arguably, the most multicultural city on the planet, you would expect better from around the league because the majority of players come from this country slash the GTA. I think the GTA, I think, spits out more players on average than any other area in the world. So I think you would hope that that shit would kind of work itself out in a way and filter out as the generations go on. And the fact that we still see that shit and I know like the cadre thing isn't players in the league, that it's people in St. Louis that are spouting shit or people around the world that are spouting shit. So not necessarily people within the game. But it just makes you sad to well, see think, that shit.
1: Yeah, and I think it's all uh, there's a there's a level of responsibility from the players to tell like, or to come out and say, you know, even to their home fan base, shut the fuck up. Like that's, there's, could you imagine if Ryan O'Reilly
2: came out and said, guys, we get you're frustrated. Our goalie got hurt, but fuck off. Like if Ryan O'Reilly came out and said that a white player on the opposing team of whose goalie just got eliminated from the series because of the collision, that would go a long way. I think to, and it, I know people would be like, oh, well, it's lip service. He's just doing it for this. But, I mean, that's where it starts. Just one person just in the right position, which would be Ryan O'Reilly being the captain of St. Louis, to say that's bullshit. I don't want to hear that. Those are no fans of ours kind of thing. Whatever. Just someone Uh who isn't part of the diversity alliance needs to come out and be an ally for those
0: players in the league. In my opinion. I agree. I think it needs to be... I mean, I think that's a great point. I never really th- considered it from a player perspective Like for someone like Orion O'Reilly to come out and say that, especially to his own fan base. Because there was a lot of... I, I didn't... I don't want to explicitly say what they said because I don't remember. It, I don't have it in front of me. But it, it seemed like the tone of the press conferences with the players after the situation with Kadri was, you know, it's unfortunate. We don't want to hear stuff like that and whatever. It didn't, it didn't condemn the people right. enough. It's not it didn't firm condemn- enough. And I, what I want to see from the NHL is a firm statement of not just oh we support all players and we, we everyone's included and like the stupid copy pasta like we we don't need that. What we no. need is the NHL to say this is unacceptable. If you are saying these sort of things, we don't want you as a fan of hockey. We don't want you as a fan of the NHL. You're going to be removed from the arena. The like, we don't want you. We don't want your money. Nothing. As, if you are going to speak like this, you are not allowed to have fun with us. You're not invited to the party. See yourself out. They need some sort of forceful statement like that or this is going to continue to go on. And I think and I mean I can't speak for you guys, but Maddie as you said like you grew up around here playing hockey around here. It's not necessarily something you saw or uh I did. interacted with well, all that much. Well,
2: we did, but oh. you did. I think- no, we did for sure. But you would think that in a multicultural city where everyone grows up around each other in places like, you know, Scarborough, where there's a big melting pot of different groups of people that aren't predominantly white, right? And you, you would hope that because those relationships from childhood are foundational, that as they grow, that racism kind of filters out or gets weeded out because... You know, it's not like where this is this neighborhood and this is that neighborhood. It's just everyone grows up together and plays together, you know? And again, I had one of my best friends who, you know, I grew up playing with and he was Korean and didn't speak a lick of English when he first got here. And the shit he had to hear sometimes on the ice, like, we talk about it and looking back, it's one of the saddest things you, you know, people saying shit like... Oh, you can't play because you're this or that. It's it's disgusting, and, and it they're talking me to a,
0: they're talking to a kid.
1: Yeah. yeah, dude. When I when I played up north, I played with uh, I'm not Gosh. gonna name names or whatever. I had a friend that I played with, and he was incredible. And he, one played, of the best
2: defensemen, honestly, I've ever seen of that age group in my life. The dude was a monster.
1: And we played together, and we were great together. And he he was he was black, and I asked our coach one time. And I said, is it true that so-and-so didn't make this team or this other team because he's black? And I got told to shut my mouth and mind my own business because they don't, they don't want to talk about Bruno, you know? And it's, it's unfortunate because I'm going to, like, especially in the GTA, and I think I know what the, the issue is, the, you know, why it continues to permeate. And I'll tell you, the longer you go on all and I'm, I'm gonna say it. it's controlled by which white parents and that's what happens rich white parents get together and they're the ones who decide who moves on and who's not who doesn't they decide like the teams who that i teams? played yeah i the teams that i played for i got i was not i was not allowed to be on a team because i was told that well this team has been together for so many years when i went and played and i missed an opportunity and i know and i'm not trying to i, hurt, I was better than at least six seven guys on that team and then i went to this under team where i played with this defenseman who was black and that's how that started but it's it's you know i'm a white guy and i'll tell you rich white parents have a lot of influence on what happens and they have a lot of opinions and those opinions filter down to their kids in their formative years and it's you know i'm not trying to be you know white privilege guy here but it's 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 just sad and to see it continue like you again you hope this is not just for press and for photo ops and for merch and whatever baby shaking hands social media icons and shit like that like that shit doesn't matter right like change your like changing your fucking social media icon to rainbow yeah all well and good the next time someone says like the like the f word for gay people on the ice, kick that son of a bitch out, and then that's that's different don't don't it, just change the color of something like it's got like that that's good, but you gotta like you said you gotta you gotta it's gotta be firm there has to be a line in the sand
2: I was very lucky in that my dad coached me for the majority of my youth growing up in hockey, and he would have parents come to him. You know, and those parents were predominantly white and fairly affluent and say, I want my kid to play more or whatever. And we had, you know, Greek kids on our team. We had Asian kids. We had a girl on our team. We had black kids on our team. And it didn't matter. My dad just looked at him. He's like, the hardest working players are going to play. I don't give a shit. And, you know, and so I was lucky. I didn't get exposed to it as bad as Jim did. but. You definitely saw it from the eyes of a teammate and the shit that some of those kids got from other players and other teams that were run that way. Because there's definitely teams in this city that are very clicky, for lack of a better term, almost country club-like. And anyone who says, oh, that's
0: not true is a fucking liar. I think that's I think that's a great way to put it. The country club, uh, hockey is very much the old boys club in so many ways. Oh, if media, it, coaching, like, exactly. That's exactly where I was going with that. Like the media, all. I mean, it's changing now slightly, but generally, old white guys. Every coach in the NHL, generally speaking, old white guy. And if one gets fired, if one coach,
3: it's the gets same let guy. Go
0: he's going to go coach another NHL team. It's just the same revolving door of old white men. If you look at the ownership and management of all these teams, it is old white men. And it just trickles down. And it, it trickles down through their organizations. It trickles down all throughout the league. It trickles down to junior. It trickles down to midget, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And it has developed this, I, don't, I was going to say microcosm, that's not really the right word. It, it's developed this world where you have to look a certain way and be a certain thing to play hockey. And obviously that's not, that shouldn't be the case, that's ridiculous. But I think another major issue with hockey is how expensive it is to play. That was going to be my next point, too.
2: And like you said, it's insanely expensive and accessible.
0: When you are an immigrant family and you've spent all your money to come to this country, and you are just barely getting by, and you want to put your child into some sort of organized sports, you're going to put them in soccer. Soccer, and, 100%. Like, that's or why I played soccer yeah. when I was a kid. From an immigrant family, yeah. they weren't going to buy me new hockey equipment every year. Like, there, there wasn't money for that. And I'm sure there are a number of children who are my age who may have wanted to play hockey, but you weren't going to be able to, so you, you played something else. You played baseball, you played, you played soccer, or whatever. And that culture... And it's it's almost like, and obviously it's not everyone, but there it, there's that feeling in hockey where it's like this is our thing and no one else can have it, and you can't come and play with my thing because then you're going to change it. It's it's something that really needs to change about this sport, and we're we're it's we're still seeing it at the highest level. We're still seeing Nazem Kadri being treated the way he's treated by by fans. We're seeing some of the horrible things that went on with Kyle Beach with the, I know we didn't get into that conversation. That's, that's not the conversation for now, but the point I'm making is obviously Kyle Beach isn't a, a, a person of color, but like he was, you know, there's, there's, there's a, his own, aggressively. There's, a,
1: there's a Berlin He wall. wasn't the
0: prototypical, uh, prototypical heterosexual manly hockey guy. He, he was discriminated against for his different life views
1: there's there's a berlin wall around the game to protect it as it is like there can be it's weird because for for all the things that are wrong with it like the arizona coyotes being in a university building that they can't even put their logo in right like like that like they they protect that but they won't protect their players like it's almost like, you know, when you, you, you're in an argument and you just have to say, you know what, I'm wrong in order to move forward. Like the NHL and the game of hockey refuses to admit that they're wrong on these things. Like they just they, they feel like, oh, if if we say we fucked up with Kyle Beach or we say we fucked up with Akeem Aliu and this is not. Then people are going to look at our sport. They, no, they're going to look at you as growing, but they don't it's it's so fucking weird man like it's just well so the thing weird. Is, is
2: the hockey is for everyone almost feels like there's a fine print where it's like hockey is for everyone but you have to play by our rules
1: dude they they had to make the organization the, the hockey diver they had to make it adjacent to the nhl like they, there was no like the whole campaign with uh suban and simmons and the t- and the hockey tape adrian yep that had to make it adjacent.
2: So it's 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 ridiculous, but it's to a point that, going back to what Dustin said, and and I'll say this, and this is kind of like an anecdote. So I have a friend, kind of the same situation. His parents didn't put him in hockey when he was younger for a multitude of reasons. The expense of it, obviously, is insanely high. Um, and I can say that because I know Jimmy and me sat down with my dad one day and said, How expensive was it? Because when you're young, you don't think about it. You're just like, hey, I get to play hockey. Hey, I want new skates. Hey, I want this and that. And you never really question it because when you're a kid, you're oblivious and ignorant to the true value of money. But we asked him and he just laughed at us. He was just like, yeah, life would have been infinitely easier if you guys didn't play (laughs) hockey. Right? But he did it because he knew we loved it. And it was a huge sacrifice. And it's not just a financial sacrifice. My mom was... Like, and we're kind of getting personal here. Uh, they separated when we were younger. So my mom, for a stretch, was just like a single mom and managed to work, feed Jimmy and me, drive us to all our games, all our practices, and never batten an eye because she said it meant everything to her because of how happy it made us. And it was everything to her because it made her so happy to watch us play. She was your prototypical hockey mom. And what makes me sad is that the game is so inaccessible that those feelings and memories and emotions that I got to have through the game, not just by playing, but like with my family, with Jimmy, with my mom and my dad and everything like that, that other people don't get to experience. But what I <clears throat> what I get back to is my friend had his kind of awakening to hockey a little bit and has just gotten into it the past couple of years, shout out Brendan. Where he's a kid from Scarborough, Guy his family, you know, financial as well as they thought it was too rough. He gets into it and do, honestly, seeing him go through his discovery of hockey and his enthusiasm and his passion for the sport, not only made me happy, it reinvigorated my love for the game. Of seeing what it can do for people and seeing how happy it can make people and how exciting it can be. And it's just one of those things where I think they've come a long way into making the game accessible. But I think there's still a long way to go, whether it's registration fees, whether it's reducing the cost or making it free in certain arenas, certain cities, whatever, because it's not just like soccer where you find a field and you can go kick a ball around. Ice is goddamn expensive. Like I don't know if you've ever looked at renting ice, Dustin, but in the summer, at when it's not peak time, it's like 150 an hour. That's not cheap. It is not. So seeing seeing my buddy go through this, it reinvigorated my love for the game. And he always kind of says to me, he was just like, you know, you've played your whole life and we come out to these stick and pucks or we come out to just dick around on the ice. He's like, you never once get frustrated with me or you never once get annoyed or whatever. And you could be going out and playing and doing this and that. And as much as I'm just like, nah, man, you got to learn. A lot of it is because the enjoyment I get from it is seeing his enjoyment and seeing him just... Go out there, have fun, get to hang out and experience the game in its truest form almost. And I just wish that hockey wasn't so restrictive in terms of accessibility, both financially and logistically with ICE, as well as culturally, that more people got to get to experience that.
0: It's always interesting to me and. I think I've mentioned before, I have a part-time job with the uh, Maple Leaf Sports Entertainment. So I am often at Leafs games and Raptors games. So it's always interesting to me to see the complete shift of demographics when you're at a Raptors game or if you're at a Maple Leafs game. Whereas with a Raptors game, and, and this might be just a me thing, but I feel safer <laughs> at a Raptors game that I'm like, I'm able to just be a brown person here. And that's not, not a problem. But if you're at a Leafs game and it's a hundred percent, one hundred percent, it is ninety percent old white men. You're like, oh, okay, this I, I <laughs> I'm not allowed here, guys. <laughs> like this is a this is a country club. I've I've found my way into that. I don't know the exit to. I'm sorry, sir. I will get out of your way. While it it, it has that feeling to me, where it's like this is you're not allowed here unless you are a rich old white man. But I don't know that's more maybe more of a me thing. But I think no it's not a you thing
1: no no no. hang on hang on that's the thing it should be a you thing because you are the brown guy and i don't mean that racist i mean that you need don't unvalidate your experience like if that's what you're feeling as an experience that's the experience that they're contributing to create and that's what they need to to work to eliminate so don't i'm not trying to chastise you here but don't 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 sell yourself short and say it's just a me thing The
2: fact that you have that feeling shows how far hockey has to go, whether they want to admit it or not. Whether we as individuals in sports or collectively of sports, because I know for me, like I said, I grew up playing in the 90s where, like you said off the top, shit was a lot different for her, you know, acceptance of different things. And, you know, I was fortunate that my parents really whipped us into shape to be like, you dare look at anyone differently because of this or that, you're going to get an ass whooping. My mom was a Hungarian woman. We got the wooden spoon. And like I knew shit was on when she'd go to like Costco or the grocery store and came back with bulk spoons. I was like, I know I fucked up this week and I'm going to get it. Right? So if we treated people based off of that shit, like race, religion, you know, sex, orientation, anything like that, we definitely got smacked around. So we were fortunate that we got it literally beat us (laughs) as kids to not. But the fact that you kind of have that feeling and that's the kind of vibe you get, whether it's you saying, well, maybe it's just a me thing. No, if that even enters your mind, hockey's maybe made it 5% of the way.
0: Yeah. I don't want to necessarily just, Pile on to hockey, like I think we need to move on. But uh, it's an important it's, it's an important conversation, obviously, and um, it's happening not just in the NHL though. And uh there's another story this week with Josh Donaldson. Um, what a weird story! And you know, what a fucking bonehead. I, I, I be- Say what?
1: What a fucking bonehead!
0: Like it? What? So dumb. So I mean. I wanna I want to say this in all fairness to Josh Donaldson because I don't want to condemn someone for something that may or may not have happened. But based on what the story was, and what people are alleging, and what Donaldson has said, um, as I don't know if he was, it was as he was rounding second base or like as he ran by Tim Anderson, he had called him Jackie. It was like. And what he meant by the Jackie was calling him essentially Jackie Robinson, which is just a weird thing to say to somebody. Now, I've been in a situation before where I have jokingly said something to someone. It wasn't racially charged in any way, but it was like I had jokingly said something to someone who I thought was a friend as a joke and they got like super hot about it. I'm like, oh, OK, like, Jesus Christ. Sorry, like, I, I I didn't mean to offend you by that. I was just joking. Um and I never talked to that person ever again. <laughs> I'm like, okay, <laughs> we're not friends. I'm going to stay away from you. Um, and I was also like a seventh grade. But so I can see it from that angle. If he was saying that like, oh, we're boys. Like that was an inside joke we had. Uh, I didn't mean to disrespect him in any way. I didn't mean it in any racial way at all. But man, when you look at this and it's like, what? What were you thinking? What and was Donaldson's?
1: What was his reason? What, what did he say? Do you know?
0: I, I'm gonna. I'll look it up while you guys are talking about it. I but look from it up. My, okay. If you Matt, you want to look it up. But from my understanding of what he was saying, was like th- he was referencing something that Anderson had said previously in like an interview, like three years ago. Yes. Where he called, he compared himself to, or I don't know if he compared himself to Jackie Robinson, but like he had mentioned Jackie Robinson in some way, like during the Jackie Robinson weekend. And it was, it was well, like, he sees very, himself like Jackie Robinson. So, yeah, so he did compare himself to it, but to Jackie, but like it was a very specific, small window of time, a very long time ago. It, it, like, it how long are you
1: holding on to that, Josh Donaldson, that you are rounding second? Now's my time to pull this chirp out that is potentially racially insensitive i mean like it's could you imagine like (laughs) like you just you can't round second and have like an asian player and be like miyagi like it's you can't like you can't (laughs) yeah that's that's not a good thing you had
0: said to if if you had said to a japanese player called him like uh, ichiro as your You know, Ichiro. I mean, that's actually actually a really good example. Uh, Thank you for bringing that up, James. Like, if you had gone up to uh, Seiya Suzuki and called him Ichiro, or Shohei Otani, or Shohei Otani and called him Ichiro,
1: yeah,
0: I think it's the same. It it would be. I mean, it would be looked at as worse because the Jackie thing is the implication is is that you're all
1: the same, right? The implication is y'all all all, you, you all look the same. Right? Like, I don't know your name. I'm just gonna throw out the first black or Asian name I know.
0: Yeah, the only black baseball player I can think of is Jackie Robinson, so you're Jackie Robinson. Yeah. I just
2: think it's so like historically dumb. Regardless (laughs) of what your intention of it is. Historically dumb. It is No, seriously, because it's just like even if he's like, Well, it's referencing this article, it's like there's nothing in your head to be like, let me check this moment. Because even if like him saying, I'm referencing this article or this comment where he thinks he's arguably one of the most iconic players in baseball, or comparing himself to you're just like, Where's that, that red light in your head that says, Hey, this is gonna come off really racist? I probably shouldn't say this,
1: dude. Any other chirp, he could have pulled out any other chirp.
2: Yeah, he could have been like, Hey, shoeless Joe, like, yeah,
1: nice shoes, wuss, or like, or
2: or nice knee high socks pussy something like yeah, that right yeah i don't know if he wears any high socks but you know what i mean like chirp what the dude's wearing or some shit or yeah. or it's like, is that glove hey, coming around your neck how do you how do you round the bases with you know that much jewelry hanging around your neck or whatever or, if he you know goes to run to first and he can barely make it it's like oh you straight legging it on that one like bullshit like that but what yeah where's the red flag in your head to be like this is gonna come off really racist i should keep my mouth shut and to me that says
0: underlying racist <laughs> yes that's that, that's a great point because i think and it, it's subconscious because i don't think i i don't think he had time to consider it being racist to be fair
1: do you think it was like a natural reaction in the moment
0: so if it was natural and in the moment it might mean he naturally talks like that and you know what i mean like if you don't have time to process like harbored resentment it coming out
1: yeah yeah
0: you know and I'm not again I'm not accusing Josh Donaldson of being yeah, no. racist.
2: No. No, he may uh, not be a racist, but it may be one of those things where it maybe it's just so like, not aware.
0: Yeah, and that's the thing yeah, like there may be a, a, a lot of work, there's a disconnect of what he what he's saying and he's not realizing the impact of what he's saying to other people.
1: There's a lot of thing at work at workplaces now where they make you go through like the diversity training and they teach oh, yeah. you about Quarterly. unconscious bias, right? And I think that might be In this instance, and the only reason I say this, and I'm not giving Josh Dalton a free pass, like, fuck that guy, but it's so specific. Like, it's such a, like you said, it's such an isolated moment in time that that's, like, that would, it's weird, like, the two concepts could only marry each other. Like, that chirp and him referencing that interview moment, it's the only possible explanation other than randomly being a weird racist guy. You know what I mean? And I don't think that's the first thing you would call someone being a weird racist guy. Considering we've seen very worse off-the-cuff insults from weird racist people in sports. So, like, it's just too specific. So, I'm like to believe that that's what he was referencing. But it's just a weird choice. Like
2: I said, it's just, yes, I'd like to err on the side like you did where that's kind of what he's referencing. But to me, it comes back to that red flag to not understand the situation in the moment and who you're talking to. Yeah you know what i mean so and like i said it it's he may he's probably not a racist i would say he's not i would like to you know have that belief of someone like josh donaldson who when he was here seemed like a dude a you know really good person right but at the same time it's it's just weird it's hey, just such some, an odd situation
1: sometimes you know you just you just need to be more aware and maybe hopefully All, like, that's Hopefully that's this instance, but what a dumb fuck.
2: Like what- I'll be honest, there there's shit that I'd said and obviously not racist shit or whatever when I was younger playing hockey that it's
0: geez, you definitely <laughs> learn that it's not appropriate nowadays. No, you're right. I think that's a good point. Um, but I'll add a caveat to that. And I can say something I can say similar situations where if I go back and listen to the stuff I would say to other like friends. Uh, When I was playing Counter Strike with them or something, uh-huh. like we would be canceled.
2: Yo, the cesspool <laughs> that is Counter Strike chat, buddy, CS Ghost chat is an absolute dirt trap.
0: But again, like you're hanging out with your friends, you're just yeah. getting a rat, you're just razzing each other, trying to get a rise to everyone. Like it's a, and again, we were probably fit 14, 15, 16 years old. Totally different situation. Josh Donaldson's a grown ass man. And that needs to have an asterisk there of like, yes, I don't think he meant it to, I personally don't think he meant it to sound racist. I think, I want to believe he was not intending to say anything of racist nature. Um, But it came out that way. And he's apologized for it, in full disclosure. uh, In fairness to Josh Nelson, he's apologized for it. and. But at the same time, like I think he knew what he was trying to do, like he was trying to get a rise out of him. he was trying to upset him. I just it's just nonsense that yeah. shouldn't be in the not, game. not the You're an adult now
1: yeah
0: right and and major League baseball did suspend Josh Donaldson for a game uh he has appealed, so however long that process takes is uh...
1: it's a fucking game like why would you
0: appeal that yeah, to- like t- well take t- t- it a rest day, whatever. I think just accountability. What it, comes to, what it comes down to is probably it's a situation where if he accepts the he, he, suspension,
2: he's accepting being a racist, or he's like,
0: he's, yeah. he's claiming guilt. Yes. Whereas if he appeals, the suspension is going to hold up. He's going to be suspended. It's just a, mo- a matter of. I appealed it. I apologized. I'm not like he's trying to deflect, deflect, deflect. It's all but appeal more and apologize PR, right? and say,
1: I understand how this might be hurtful. I'm going to take my one game and say, I'm going to devote my day to
2: educating myself.
1: Yeah. And make a donation. Like,
2: yeah, the dude, the dude, the dude, the dude's, <laughs> dude's made how many sheets like over his career? Like,
1: it's, it looks way better to accept accountability than it is to go, no, I, 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 I wasn't me. It like, was a mistake.
2: It was is is it a uh, it's lost in translation.
1: Yeah, I don't that's
0: know. actually a great way to look at it. Like that's probably what he should have done. <laughs> just yeah. said,
1: yeah, that's what I'm saying, right? Like yeah. just accept accountability so, and move on. Like not move it, on, ap- but like try apologize and apologize. Be like
0: yeah. yeah, apologize like he did. Take the one game suspension and say, look, I didn't intend to offend anybody. I apologize again for it, but I will take the suspension as you said. I'll donate X amount of dollars to what uh, a charity of uh, Tim Anderson's, Anderson's, Anderson's choosing, yeah. yeah. And on my suspension day, I will take X course through LinkedIn Learning or whatever the hell you want to take this course of. Josh Donaldson
1: is diversity LinkedIn diversity.
0: Is that resume? Micro microaggressions, micro J- <laughs> or I will Blue say Jays, this though:
1: Blue Jays. I... Imagine getting baseball players through LinkedIn. Imagine that's how they find guys they want to sign. Oh, so you were. Oh. Uh, MLB terrible. MVP for uh, 2019, eh? Okay. Yeah, he's
2: applying for like head salesman of what is it? <laughs> no, uh, not even not Batia's um, like Hyundai dealership. Not even. It's
1: just when you're signing a free agent. Imagine just scouring the LinkedIn of players
2: yeah. and being like, well, Oh, I'm sure oh, I see that's you. actually a thing. It's called I stats. Books. F- <laughs> I
1: see you played. played for the <laughs> Oakland Athletics for two years before being traded to the Blue Jays. Interesting. Yeah, it's
2: called MLB.com stats okay. page.
1: Tell me about your experience.
2: But, yeah, I just think, honestly, I found, and just even in my life, just when and you're in a situation like that, instead of just being, like, really, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, and this and that, or this and that, just being like, I fucked up, gotta be better. That's literally all that needed to be said.
0: Now, a team that needs, to, in terms of getting better, uh, anyone playing the St. Louis Cardinals right now needs to be better. Just in general. <laughs> the Jays. <chase. laughs> And yeah, as we're recording, the Blue Jays are currently playing the Cardinals, and and they're doing okay. But earlier this week, there was a couple situations that I just found interesting. I don't remember the exact game. It doesn't matter. Basically, St. Louis was up by a ton, and in the ninth inning, they sent in Albert Pujols to pitch. And then again, last night or the night before, it doesn't matter, over the weekend... Again, the Cardinals are up like 18-0 or something, which was a ridiculous score by baseball standards. And sent in Yadier Molina to pitch the ninth inning. And we see this a lot in baseball. Not usually not when you're winning. Right? It's usually one of those situations where if I was the Pittsburgh Pirates over the weekend and the Cardinals are kicking my teeth in 18-0, that's when you send in a an infielder to Lob in some balls because, like, there's no point using my bullpen anymore. Like, or you need ran to out of your tomorrow. bullpen, yeah. Like, there's like our pitchers aren't going to get us back in this game. Why are we taxing them when we need them tomorrow? So, I understand from that perspective, but when you're winning the game, and I know it's such a ridiculous lead that they're probably not going to come back in that one inning, anyways. I don't know if this should be allowed.
1: But is that not the I same think, concept? Like we're already winning by 20. We need our pitchers tomorrow.
0: Yeah, it is. You're right. It's the exact same argument, really. Like in terms of usage for yeah. your pitcher.
1: The thing I think maybe do, do we know if this was maybe a bucket list for Pujols and Molina before they retire cuz they're not they're no spring chickens. So, maybe this is something that's been discussed Hey, if, like, I'd love an opportunity to pitch before my career is over, and they've seen, just happen to see two opportunities to be like, yeah, boys, get out there, it'll be fun. I don't know. I if mean, I played MLB for th- twenty years, I'd, I'd want to take the mound for an inning. If I was an outfielder, I, fucking sit all day, just, pick my ass in the in right field, <laughs> <laughs> I would love to pitch for an inning.
2: But, like, I think that's one of the, like, I know when you say, should this be allowed? But I think that's one of the coolest things about baseball. Like, everyone loves those moments where the position player comes in to pitch a game. Like, it's just, I don't know. I know it's weird. And I know it's one of those things where a lot of people look at, like, well, that's not in the spirit of the game. But I forget, what was it last year where some guy came out to pitch and it was like a 35 mile an hour pitch <laughs> down the plate and everyone's just kind of laughing. And
1: just a meatball? No, yeah, was the, who, was it, who was it that got hit by the pitch?
0: Yeah, someone got hit. By, I don't know yeah, who it was. Someone, someone got hit, hit by a pitch. pitch. And he laughed. Yeah. Like a, and he fell yeah, over. 30 mile per hour yeah, 30-mile-per-hour curveball. Yeah, and, and then he like, fell over. It's
2: shit. Sports, I think, has gotten to the point where it's so ultra-serious because of how much money is, like, dumped into it that when you get moments of levity like that in sports, I think you just got to embrace it. And the fact what that it happens it? so rare, just David, enjoy it, man. Embrace it.
1: David Ayers. Like... I'm a Leaf fan, but how cool was that for that guy? Or, like,
2: anytime the e-bug comes out, where, like, remember that accountant that came in for Chicago? Yeah. And he played the whole third period. And it's just, I mean, those are guys that you look at, and we all say, oh, wouldn't it be cool just to play one shift, one period, whatever in the show for whatever sport is your favorite? And these guys get to do it.
1: Like, yeah, this guy, Pools get to belt home runs for 15 years. And or however long he's played. And for one inning, he gets to be on the other side of it. That's kind of fucking yeah. cool. You know? Yadier Molina's been calling games from behind the plate. For how many years? For one inning, he Arguably gets to be on the one mound. of the
2: greatest catchers in history.
1: Yeah, he knows where to throw the ball. He's calling his own fucking game from the mound.
0: Yeah, he's right? like, no, I'll tell you what I'll pitch. <laughs> yeah,
1: I'm placing it where the fuck I want it, all right? It's,
0: it's, it's, like me, it's like me playing MLB The Show, where the catcher tells me one thing, I'm like, no. No, Dustin's no. <laughs> no. that guy though when he
2: plays MLB the show where you know the cat the catcher's like call him for a pitch in the game and in real life he's shaking his head like not happening and no. he throws the fastball. Nah. Yeah.
1: Good old number one.
2: <laughs> yeah, he's just like High and tight. He's, he's Rick Wild thing Vaughn. He's like, I want yeah. Parkman. And yeah. he walks the batter to get to fucking like Otani or some shit.
1: Yeah, I don't see a problem. Like, I think it's cool. Nah,
0: I think it's fun. Yeah, I think you guys have convinced me. I originally... Oh, yeah, I think going into the conversation, I was thinking you probably should have only people designated as pitchers and pitch and hitters hit and... Dude, the manager's on also, the fucking it, roster. Yeah, I was going to say, that was my <laughs> next point. Wouldn't it be awesome if, say, the Jays are
2: so far ahead, it's the last game of the year, they're playing the Orioles who they are put in last, Charlie the Jays Montoya. are so for the place. <laughs> Just throw Charlie Montoya out there to throw the ninth inning. Fuck it.
0: Well... That would be fun to see. And yeah, see? We giving... traded John
2: Ferguson... Or not John Ferguson. Who's that fuck from Boston? John Farrell. We traded <laughs> we tra- that fuck to the Red Sox. And I was at his first game back, and I was five rows up from the dugout of the visitors. And it was one of the first sporting events slash dates that my now wife and me went to. We were just dating at the time. My, I told her, we're going into the game. I'm like, this... Fucking cuckold is was the Jays' manager, yeah. and he's now the Red Sox manager. And I was like, "I'm gonna give it to him all night." She's like, "Go nuts!"
1: And then you found and out he Oh
2: super man, I guilty. I gave it to him. I was like, feral you sir, dirty fuck! Get the." F-. And there was kids around. I didn't care. And me and this other guy were just giving. It was great.
0: But yeah.
1: Yeah, you were saying <laughs> you're you're you've we've convinced you.
0: Yeah. It also it relates to the shift in baseball where, as I was at the game yesterday, I was just thinking, man, this shift really screws up how guys get hits. Like, at some at some points when Votto was at the plate, there was literally no one on the left side of the field. Everyone, There's four guys in the outfield and they're all, like, beyond, the, like, to the right of center field. It was insane. Well, and I know they are fixing, or fixing, they are implementing rules next year to not allow the shift as dramatically as that we'll see how that plays out but
2: well isn't it like only the second baseman will now be allowed to shift over that if you're on a certain side of second base you have to stay there positionally so like if you're the third baseman or shortstop you have to stay on the left side of second base facing out to the field if you're the second baseman you can go left or right but that's it
0: i'm not sure how they've defined it yet and I don't know if they've even finalized that. I, I, they may have, but I, I'm sure it can still change from now until next September. But I, I think the easiest way to do it is just have two guys on either side of second base. Put them wherever you want, but only two guys on either side of second base.
2: Yeah, so like you're the second baseman and the first baseman, or like the second baseman and whatever, or shortstop and the Second or first baseman. I guess.
1: Yeah, it's you can only be those two guys or the second baseman shortstop could
0: flip if you wanted, but
2: well, then, you know, the second baseman would have to play up center, but then you're in the shift again. No. No, no, no.
0: What I'm saying is like you can only have two guys on one side and two guys on the other side. I don't care who it is. Like you put your first baseman at third base. I don't care what you do. (laughs) But it can only be two guys here and two guys. But why
1: would you do that? Right. That's what I'm saying.
0: No, you never would. Yeah. So
2: unless unless you feel more comfortable with the range of the shortstop playing a specific hitter, and then you pull the shortstop over to be the guy with the first baseman and pull the second guy short,
0: yeah, like there is certain. So the Blue Jays talked about doing this. I don't know if they have. I didn't notice it. I should probably look out for this. But they talked about instead of having Bo Bichette as their cutoff guy, they would use uh, Chapman. Like normally, a ball in the outfield, if you have a cutoff man go to get the ball, it would be your shortstop. Just because that makes the most sense, since he doesn't have to patrol the base.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: But since Chapman has an absolute cannon of an arm, they said they want to use him in that spot. So I can He's see insane. that. Yeah, I can see that situation where you have a runner on second or a runner on third, and you're playing no doubles in the outfield. You might have Chapman play short in that situation. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think we're splitting hairs, but I, I, the the point is. Um, I think you guys have convinced me that it's more fun this way. So let's just let's keep fun in baseball.
2: Sports sports is in general is about is supposed to be fun, so it's so hyper serious nowadays. Let's get some levity into it.
1: The words of Gordon Bombay, more fun.
0: Soft hands. Now when it comes to fun and not letting fans have fun, I think Charlie Montoya is like the top of that list. Oh, and yeah. what I mean by that is No he's not. <laughs> I the other night, Alec Manoa was pitching a gem, and he went into like the eighth inning, and then Montoya lifted him before he we went into the ninth. And the guy still had all this stuff; he still had plenty of pitches in his pitch count, but just wouldn't let him come out for the ninth. I don't know if we'll ever see a situation where a Blue Jays pitcher goes to the ninth inning.
2: I think it, the next situation that Manoa is in that he does. <laughs> See how pissed he was in the- okay. He looked
1: pissed But credit to him He was all Like he stayed out there And he was on board For the victory For the dub But like um, To be honest If you're Charlie Montoyo And Manoa's pitching a gem And you know you have basically Like you have Probably the best closer in the game Right now Like Why Why don't you like end it?
0: Well If if Manoa's your ace are you And you know and Manoa's gonna pitch five days from now, but you may need Romano again tomorrow or the day after. You know what I mean? Like it it goes back to the same conversation of Pujos and uh and Yaddy pitching where you don't want to use these bullpen arms if you don't have to. If your starter is gonna get you through the whole game, great day off for your bullpen, that's that's amazing, but you don't get that ever. Yeah. Especially
2: last year. Like, how, what was the big complaint last year for the Jays? Was that the starters couldn't go deep enough that the bullpen was getting run ragged? And then you have the one game where but it was, you won't have to go to the bullpen.
1: But it's technically a day off for the rest of the bullpen. It just wasn't a day off for Romano. And I'm, well, Romano's I'm,
2: arguably the most important arm of that bullpen.
1: No, yeah, he, he is. He, abso- um, he
0: absolutely is the most important part. <laughs> but You're, So, yeah. The,
1: maybe he just has a, a level of confidence in, in him getting it done in short work. Like, I don't believe Mo- Romano's thrown very many pitches this year uh, in his outings. So, But
2: if you're the Jays with long-term aspirations, you know, if this gets you two extra save opportunities or two extra appearances for Romano for letting Manoa go out and even see, all he has to do is you send him back out and if, say, he, the first two guys he gives up hits to, and, you know, there's two on and none out, then you bring in Romano to clean it up. I just think he should have see, at least seen the opportunity to see the ninth.
0: I agree. I, I don't see why you wouldn't at least. Send him out there. Give him one, one, one hit. One batter. Minimal. Like, if, if the first batter, or at any point, if someone gets a hit, you're gone. And we'll bring in Romano to close it out.
1: I don't know, maybe there's something to be like, dude. I have no idea. I'm, I'm, I don't have a horse in this race, or I don't. I'm not either side of the argument. Maybe there's something to be said of leaving on a high note for a young starter, like to have the gem of a game in your pocket. Like, listen, you pitched a good game up at this point. Let's not risk, like, let's keep you on this role of, of having fantastic games. Um, maybe that's part of it. Maybe part of it's to keep romano in a groove. You know, saving games. I, I don't I don't know. Like, I I you know, it was not like it was a perfect game. <laughs>
3: it's not No, like it but a, you know pitchers
2: take pride in complete games though, right? Of being able to go to the distance. And then I also think if this is someone like, you know, maybe uh Gosman who's probably been there before, or Barrios who's probably been there before, for a young pitcher like Manoa, who right now all paths lead to him being your future number one on this team. Don't you think it shows a little bit of good credit and you know, some relationship building and solidifying if you give him the opportunity and not yes, just take shit out of his hands?
1: I would also argue who's last Jay's pitcher to go the distance? Strowman?
0: Marcus Strowman twenty sixteen? I don't know. I mean possibly. I was just looking up how many complete games have been thrown this season period. Zero? It's like two, all, isn't it? All across the league, there's six. Yeah,
1: that's what I mean. The idea of the complete game is is passé.
2: Oh, do you remember Doc Halliday, Though you Every knew game. you were getting eight, <laughs> eight, eight innings minimum out of Doc. Minimum.
0: Yeah, that's what I mean. And, like yeah, I think Halliday was a workhorse like that. Like you expected a lot out of him, and it was but he was even more of himself. Oh, absolutely. Yeah,
1: but that's what I'm saying. I think I think that. Uh, I think the idea of the the complete game is 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 old. I think the idea of of leaving a guy in for a perfect game clearly is old cuz they're looking at pitch counts, right? Like back to the more fun in baseball, like everything is broken down into pitch counts, numbers, you know, if we if we don't spend the pitch count here, technically we save it even though it's, that's not how I don't think it like it should work. Again, I'm not a sports scientist. But they and they had a reason, you know. And I'm not the biggest Charlie Montoyo fan, but I would have loved to. You I would have to been in that conversation to to understand what he told Manoa, and he he was able to calm him down. No, so Pete Walker
2: sab- was able to calm him down. It wasn't Charlie Montoyo.
1: Well, somebody did, but it doesn't matter. I mean, the guy was the guy didn't run to the dugout like most pissed off pitchers would have. So. I mean, he agreed with it on some level, or he was okay with it on some level, or he's just the best team guy ever. Team guy. Yeah.
2: He's just he, you know, to not ruffle any feathers, to not cause problems. Being where because the Jays aren't dominating like everyone perceived them to be, the last thing you need is some kind of controversy coming out between your top pitcher and Montoya.
1: Now, if the if Romano blew the save,
0: (laughs) yeah, that'd be a different conversation altogether. And yeah, I don't know if Manoa agreed to it, didn't agree to it. Uh, I mean, we'll find out down the road at some point. I bet it, this may come out later. But one agreement that did happen th- earlier this week, uh, the CFL reached an agreement cool. with their C- their CBA. Cool, right? Cool. Um, except, except, except. Here's here's a fun little caveat for you. This uh, happened. A couple hours ago, actually, actually about an hour ago, according to TSN.ca, tentative CFL uh, CFLPA CBA agreement voted down. Fuck. <laughs> so they came to an agreement. So from my understanding, was like perusing this article while you guys are talking, um, the representatives of the union and the representative of the owners came to an agreement, and they're like, "Okay, cool, yay, we're gonna play Canadian football this year." And then when they actually had to like ratify the agreement with the Players actually like all the players actually voting it. No, they voted it down
2: for, so. for a league that struggles as hard as the CFL does. The last thing they need is the labor dispute. And I'll be honest, I think we spent enough time on the CFL
0: uh, next, yeah. I, I think <laughs> a, honestly, a lockout could kill this league.
2: Oh, 100%. If they're going to get absorbed by the Dude, XFL, maybe COVID like, didn't. We need
0: this, will a lockout coming out of the COVID seasons where. Games were canceled entirely. Like every other professional league, found a way to play. The season. The CFL was, said good. The,
1: the entire season was canceled.
0: Yep. Yes. And now they're going to lose potentially another season. And right in time for the XFL, who are starting up in 2023, just announcing their television deal with ESPN. That's big. <laughs> like this is, if the man. The, the Any guy. Se-
2: any guy worth his skin is going to go to the XFL and then the CFL is going to have me trying out
1: it's <laughs> a quick way to happen. make hey listen, quick way to make 30 grand so know, right? if uh, you, think, you think The Rock has anything to do with that, do you think they buy into the, the, the stability of somebody like the rock? Yeah, the, the
2: rock The Rock's name is now synonymous with success and glitz and glamour and the marquee and the billboard and the like iconic he legendary status
1: he doesn't fail right like that's
2: no he, he does but the thing is is he learns from his failures and he's had enough in his life that he's turned all those opportunities or all those Dude, failures since into survivor track series work of successes
1: since survivor series where they chanted die rocky die okay what are this man's failures
0: I can, you can count, count argue maybe the one. The Rocky it, Die thing really wasn't even his fault. Well, oh, no, I, think, I think
1: I can name one, and that's Doom. And then after that, She's, I don't. I, I didn't don't, write that movie. Nobody chose it.
2: No, I, I. I will say a lot of those early rock movies though are were contractual obligations because they signed him to do X amount of movies to be part of the studio. So I think like all those Disney movies, like the game plan and the tooth fairy, those but are those good movies that you had to fulfill. The those game plan good. was the tooth fairy was Garbo.
1: No, it was still all right.
2: Now Ryan Sheckler as a hockey player, get the fuck Dude. out of here. Oh,
1: come on. You're just, you're, you're just, just being, you're just gatekeeping hockey. <laughs> yeah. This guy's just gatekeeping hockey. Um, Got to protect the net. Um, you
0: got to protect but, the game.
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: but, like, no, I, dude, the rundown I, James, was I know good, what you're like, saying. Yeah, the guy, like, honestly, like, name his you failures. Look
0: at, in, in terms of Hollywood, he is the number one actor in the world. Period. His own tequila. Like there isn't, his tequila is was the number one selling spirit, period, last year. Uh, his energy drink, ZOA, was the number one selling energy drink, period, last year. They think the man can be president. Project rock. I I don't know what the sales figures for project rock is. It's got to be through strong.
2: I I have like, I have like four pairs of the shorts. They're fantastic. Even though they're just the same under armor, stretch woven shorts with his branding on it. That's what
1: I'm saying. It's just football with the rock.
2: But again, though,
0: that's, that's the thing. That's the draw.
1: I know. And that's what I'm saying. Like it's, it's crazy. The guy doesn't fail.
0: They haven't announced any of this yet, but I can only assume their jerseys are going to be Under Armour branded. And how how cool are those jerseys going to look with that Project Rock Bronco on there?
1: But that's the thing. So think about think the Rock understand like it's not going to be fucking hokey, right? Like the Rock. Like Vince McMahon, XFL, he's like a million dollar game. We're gonna do the run to the ball in the first place. Someone's gonna break a leg, and it's gonna be awesome, right? He just his shoulder, have, actually. We're gonna have stripper cheerleaders, and but the like the Rock is like he he understands like what people want. Yeah, what's cool? Like he just he gets it, right? Like, do
2: you think someone like Chad Ochocinco comes out of retirement because he talks about on I am athlete all the time that he could come out and play in the NFL right now? Do you think he comes out and plays in the XFL? No, no
0: not not chance. Do you, think, I, I Ter- think, do you
2: think Terrell Owens does? No,
0: not a chance. Uh, well, Terrell Owens is in that, that real league. He's playing in the uh, Fan Control Football League. Michael yeah. Vick might. Uh, God, I, well, mm. I don't. I don't know about that. But I mean, the Cam, Fan Control Cam, Cam Newton might be there.
1: Dustin plays in the I Fan think Control ca- League.
0: I used to play in the Fan Control League until they dismantled my team. Oh. Uh, that's another story for another day. But uh, I pay think pay someone pay. who someone who could have a good run in the XFL is Colin Kaepernick. Yeah, yeah. Or I mean RG three. Imagine a
1: blank slate of football with someone who understands today's culture, like who actually understands today's culture, like yeah, like you talk about jerseys, like
2: those jer- I, honestly, those they're going to be fire. Be, they're going to be so sick.
1: Like they're going to be banger jerseys. Dude, the team names are probably gonna sound half decent. Like I just
2: Or at least fun.
1: I heard someone suggest today on on Twitter, by the way, for the XFL, and I think this would be the best fucking idea ever. The XFL should enter an agreement with the NFL, and the last place team in the NFL should play the champion of the XFL. Winner gets to go relegated. to the NFL.
0: Yeah, the loser gets relegated. So like the English Premier League, essentially. Yeah.
1: That
2: Let's not get We had this talk before the the soccer Premier League scoring and placement. Is that, no, I'm not doing it. But My that's an easy
1: hurts. that's an easy rule to understand, and I think that would be kind of cool. Yeah. If uh, if they like worked that way,
0: I, I don't see a chance in hell that happening.
1: Oh no, it's no, not going to happen. No, no, but it but, would
0: never. There's
2: no way Roger Goodell would let that happen. Are you kidding? And Could trust you imagine?
1: Me, could North America isn't cultured enough. A team
2: enough? like the Cowboys has a shit season and they risk getting relegated. The Cowboys.
1: Oh, that'd be great. <laughs> oh, boy. Dude,
2: spicy.
1: The North Tend America the lose the shit. North America isn't cultured enough for relegation. We just aren't. Like it's just these are the teams and they're the teams every year. And like, do you suck? Better luck next year. Like there's no rec- like. Oh, you're no, bad. you for sucking. Yeah, we yeah we give you first overall pick. Like, you know,
2: I still think the best thing that should happen in hockey or any sport for that matter is for first overall pick, the bottom four teams play a four team tournament to get that first pick. I love it. Could you imagine in hockey bottom four? You play like five game round Robin Memorial Cup style tournament and Uh. that the winning team gets the first overall pick. That would be that would be arguably more exciting than the first night of round one of the playoffs.
1: NHL playoff adjacent too? Ugh.
0: Yes. Mm. Full skat of hockey. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that would be a cool way to determine who gets to pick in the draft. But what they may want to avoid is picking someone in the draft who's going to end up stealing all their stuff and selling it online. And that's what uh, Jake Sanford did. (laughs) If you haven't heard this story, it's a pretty funny one. Uh, He's the New York Yankees draft pick, uh, I think it's in 2019. In 2019, he's a third-round pick for the Yankees. And while just, you know, working his way through the system, he thought, you know, it'd be a good idea if I took a whole bunch of this uh, memorabilia that's hanging around and all a bunch of my teammates equipment and just selling it on eBay. <laughs> so unfortunately for this uh, poor young man, he and poor being the operative word, I suppose. He was caught and has now been cut by the Yankees organization. And I can't imagine anyone would be crazy enough to pick this guy up again. But I think what's interesting here, and I think it, it's 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 something I think a lot of professional sports teams need to take a strong look at. And we this kind of came to light during COVID, when Jason Spezza was paying out of his pocket to all the guys who play in the Marlies. And I imagine this may have happened, other players may have done this throughout the NHL and the NBA and wherever. But we only heard about Spezza doing it, obviously, locally. Toronto, yeah but it's really not a high paying job to be a minor league baseball player. Like you are not a you know rich person like you would be if you're playing in the majors. So, I understand it's a it's a <laughs> what an idiot type story. Like what are you doing? How do you throw this all away? Because he would have got a signing bonus of like almost $600,000 when he signed as a third round pick for the Yankees. But and that's another conversation i think we don't have time for but $600,000 for a professional athlete isn't really that much money if you consider what they have to do with their diet and hiring a dietitian and hiring personal trainers and doing all these things on the side to stay in shape and to stay at the top of their game but i think the the conversation here is how much does an athlete need and at the same time who's who's responsible for that should the yankees organization be looking at this saying we need to pay our guys better and not just the yankees obviously but all throughout sports that if we are bringing these guys into our organization shouldn't we at least allow them to live
2: i think a lot of that is cba restricted though for a lot of leagues like i know um, And don't get me wrong, I'm sure that they find ways around it. Like, say if you're a young player coming up in the Jays or the Leafs or the Raptors, you're telling me that n l s e or Rogers doesn't have a couple condos somewhere to say, oh, we know this person, you can get a great deal on rent for this place, even though they're not allowed to give them a place To live like that?
0: I I don't think they do. Like, I remember there was that story with, I think it was Rowdy Talez. And if it wasn't Rowdy Talez, I apologize, Mr. Talez. I know you do do listen to this show. Um, I apologize to you if uh, this wasn't you. But there was a Blue Jay who was like flipping back and forth between Buffalo and Toronto a couple years ago. And he had a condo close to the Rogers Center. I don't know if it was the one on Front Street or the one that's just uh, south of the building on Bremner. But It was like like right there by the Rogers Center. And he had agreed X amount of dollars for rent only if he had played for the Blue Jays. So like if he was demoted to Buffalo, he wouldn't have to pay the rent. But what ended up happening was the Jays, obviously with COVID, didn't play in Toronto at all. So they ended up... So I think he ended up making the major league team, but not obviously playing in Toronto because he was playing in Dunedin or he was playing in Buffalo. Buffalo. So he still didn't pay the rent. And <laughs> they were like, no, you have to pay. Like the contract stipulates that you're going to pay the rent if you made the major league roster. But he's like, no, no, no. <laughs> I'm not playing in Toronto. So I'm not paying the rent. And he didn't pay the rent. And I mean, I guess and not too long him. after that, Rowdy Teles got uh, traded. But again, I don't know if this was Rowdy Teles. I think it was. But I think it was. The situation aside, basically what I'm saying is there's the players are responsible for paying their rent and all these things even if they're not on the major league team.
2: Right. And I, I think the problem though, is like I said, it's CBA restricted because I think somewhere in the NHL, you have contract caps and terms of the amount of contracts you can have on your roster. So that's Marley's and Leafs inclusive. And then I think the Marley's is a percentage cap of your NHL team as well. So it's like, if the, if the salary cap in the NHL is 85 million, your cap in the Marlies is allowed to be X amount of dollars or whatever, or in the AHL. Um, I think that also avoids guys just, or organizations throwing money at players, at young players to be like, come here and we'll pay you this amount of money in the AHL. You know what I mean?
0: No, totally. And it's the same, a a similar conversation, I guess with what's going on in college football with the, name image likeness deals and that's a whole ball of wax i don't we definitely don't have time to get into
2: i would love to do like next week or during that dead week of sports where around the baseball all-star where there's literally nothing i would love to talk about the absolute criminal nature of the ncaa and what they do to some of these players but that's a conversation for another time
0: yeah for sure we can definitely add it to the list of things we want to talk about i I think as we always think that there's not a lot to talk about, but next thing you know, you'd look at the clock and we've been talking for over two hours. So <laughs> um, <laughs> even on those like l- more of what in the summer, we call it the dead time. There's going to be a whole on NFL news in the oh, summer. Oh,
2: NFL right? and there's NHL free agency and so- someone someone's going to do something stupid and it's going to be in the news.
0: Yeah, and so I think there's always going to be something, especially on a weekly podcast i think there's always gonna be something for us to talk about the last story that i want to get to this is an interesting one now the website that i was reading this off just crashed so bear with me for a second but basically the situation is the undertaker is doing autograph signings wait i don't know if he ever did this normally I, i think because he protected the character so much that he didn't often do a lot of public appearances in terms of like autograph signings and stuff and picture ops and stuff like that. But now that he's, uh, I guess, retired, not like anyone ever really retires from wrestling, but now that he's technically retired, he's doing a lot more of these personal appearances. And there's one, I don't know if this is coming up soon, or happened recently, May May 20th. So this happened over the weekend. These are the price list. This is the price list for the autographs for The Undertaker. Hold on to your butts for this one. If you want an autograph with The Undertaker, just an autograph, $229. Off. 200. Now, what it says, though, it says $229 per autograph, brackets, any item except belts. If you want The Undertaker to sign a belt for you, it's $250.
2: $25 extra for a belt? At that point, I, just to be an asshole, I'll be like, "Sign my dick." <laughs> I think
0: that's hilarious. That if you were to sign your genitalia, it would only cost you two hundred and twenty nine dollars. But if you were to give him the thing that holds up your pants, it would be two hundred and fifty dollars. <laughs> now, uh, he apparently he will just write it like the autograph. He'll just sign an Undertaker.
2: Ah, oh, I know where this is going.
0: If you want him to write Hall of Fame, not even Hall of Fame, if you want him to write HOF 22, it's an extra $100.
3: So,
0: if you brought Undertaker this uh, stupid championship belt that you wear around to every wrestling event that you go to and you presented it to him and said, hello sir, I want you to sign Undertaker Hall of Fame 2022 on it, that is going to cost you $350. It's almost the price of the belt itself.
2: I mean, uh, it's Taker, yeah, but,
0: I mean, it's not, the, there's, there's three other caveats here. I mean, I'll oh, God, through. I thought you were done. I'm not done. <laughs> uh, uh, it says Undertaker will not sign any trading cards from 1991. I, I don't know why, but that just... It says he will not sign any trading cards from 1991. I don't know if that's because, technically, that would be his rookie card. <laughs> that's the only thing I can think of, because what he debuted Survivor is 91, I guess, or... I guess it was yeah. somewhere in that neighborhood. Um, gray gloves. Undertaker will not sign any event tickets. So like the
2: WrestleMania with him and who was it? Triple H
0: or him and Triple H. W- there's a number of them. We did Triple H. What, what do you the,
2: what? Yeah, that's dumb. Okay. Can, <laughs> I know you have another one. It's probably going to piss me off the most.
0: Uh, no personalization or any other inscription offered. So I think I, I briefly touched upon that. So he won't be like, to Dustin, the Undertaker. He's literally just going to take whatever I give him and write Undertaker. $230, please.
1: There's a problem with all of this that I think he's thinking about this ass backwards. So comic book creators, will a lot of them will sign things for you if it's personalized for free. If you want it unpersonalized, they charge money. Can you guess why?
0: Yes, because if you want to resell something and you go to a pawn shop and be like, here, I have this autograph by The Undertaker. No one's going to want to buy it if it says, to Dustin Perry, from The Undertaker.
1: Right. So I like it's almost like he's got this backwards. Like He's just generating... But it's weird, right? Like He's generating a bunch of autographs that people might get that are just going to float out into the resale market, thereby devaluing his autograph. Now, his autograph's so fucking expensive that it still might be rare. Like, an, an autographed Undertaker... Title belt would probably be super rare because no one's going to pay $350 to do that. Maybe like that's only the point. A, right? So, but to not personalize it, like, it seems like so ass backwards. Like,
0: maybe Can you he's imagine, just like a 10 year old kid. Maybe he's lazy. Okay, so here's my thought. And this is what I assume is happening here. I assume that there is whoever is doing this stupid event where Undertaker is signing things. The promoter has paid Undertaker X amount of dollars to do this autograph signing. Undertaker is not getting the $230 per autograph. like He's getting his fee to come and do the autograph signing.
2: But maybe there's a so, percentage of all, like there's the fee plus percentage of all take of the...
0: Possibly, yeah. yeah but I imagine the, yeah. the fee for all these autographs are like what the promoter gets back in order to make up the investment to bring an Undertaker for this autograph signing. And then I bet the no personalization, I bet that's just for speed. It's I, I, I wouldn't even doubt if he has a stamp. <laughs> you come up Well, you know what? If there's no
1: personalization, guaranteed person. guaranteed there's no photos at the front.
0: I I don't I don't see it on the list of things you can get. Like the no so like like
1: where you pose and you get somebody else to, to take a picture. I guarantee you that will be probably
0: long. like a thousand dollars
1: you got a picture 1k g note
2: those pictures okay i those pictures are so awkward do you remember when my okay speaking i wonder le- how much this would have cost me today we went to a house show when we in were new kids new market New market. in new market the new market uh was it ray
1: 20 yeah ray 20
2: is it ray 20 and it was in new market it was a house show my mom took us and I remember the thing was out back where the wrestlers, this was, you know, early, mid 90s, where they would get in the bus or the cars Hold on, or whatever. Before,
0: before you continue, just for context for non-wrestling people, house show just means a non-televised wrestling event. Oh, yeah.
2: thank you. Yes. Context is everything. Yeah. All okay, right. Go on. So, yeah. So we went there and we went out back to see some wrestlers and we got to see a couple of them, whatever. And I was a big Undertaker guy as a kid. You know he scared the shit out of me, but I was like, "Oh, it's so cool!" So, fucking dude's pulling out in his limo, and I just wanted his autograph so bad. <laughs> I jumped in the car window, and it was half hanging in the window with Paul Baron Undertaker as the car's driving yeah, away. His face was in the Undertaker. Arena.
1: His face was like n- not a foot away from the Undertaker's face in this car window, and he's like hanging out the window.
0: Uh, um. Wow. Uh yeah. first of all, I I can't believe he left the arena in a limo, not a hearse.
1: <laughs> oh, you're
0: <fine>. this guy <laughs>
3: wants, to, wants, to
0: keep, wants to keep kayfabe, but he's rolling yeah. around in a limousine. <laughs> um When was this? I assume this was like what 94, 95? something like that? Oh, yeah, 95, 96.
1: It was around right. the time so on the card, if I remember correctly, the main event was Sid versus Razor Ramon.
0: And that was the main event? Yeah. Yeah. So so that would have been like that would have been like summer ninety five. Yeah.
1: yeah, or ninety or early ninety six,
0: or I guess. But like Sid and I and mean, we're getting way too deep down this rabbit hole. But I remember Sid and Razor were feuding for the Intercontinental Title after Razor won it from Sean at SummerSlam '95. Man, you guys so, are nerds.
1: Yeah, so that was, it was around that time. It was I don't remember much else in the Hell Show. I, I remember being like really upset that there was like no, obviously like no Bret Hart or anything. Um, right. But, like, looking back, like, The Undertaker, Razor Ramon, Sid, like. Yo,
2: wasn't that house show where we got the Bret Hart glasses that yes. mom bought us? the we did yeah. get the Bret
1: Hart glasses, and I got the, the cassette tape of WWF The Music
0: Volume 3 with
1: okay, big so lead-off track with- of Smoking Guns and Lex Luger, I'll Be Your Hero. <laughs> oh,
0: yeah, that, that, was, that was a big album. That yeah. full, metal, full metal, man. That was, no, that was it wasn't
1: full metal. It was uh, WWF
0: The Music Volume 3 on vhs
1: on cassette oh so Adam, we're talking about on it, cassette.
0: hold on you got volume hold, wait you're talking about the same house show you got yeah the music volume three yeah that can't be right
1: it was like wwf it said on the cassette tape wwf music volume three and it had smoking guns it had razor ramon it that had, was not volume three yes yeah, so i'm gonna look this up the cassette it was not
0: i will tell
2: you
1: <laughs> no there, it's dude it's different it had the volume to, oh, dude. three was
0: 98.
1: no dude it had the oh. these maybe it was Bro, two i
0: have the cd maybe it was two hold on,
2: hold on. it might have been volume it might have been, no you got wwf full metal the album
0: 95 no That's it was it said, a cassette tape dude no it was, it, it was full metal with no it wasn't full metal it was a
1: white cassette tape with blue writing i'm gonna look this up
0: okay so full metal was a yellow album so here's volume two. Uh, volume two would have came out in like 1997,
2: I guess. Legit, the cover of that looks like some dude who made a mixtape for a girl in high school and then went into <laughs> Microsoft Paint and made some images
0: as a cover. Oh, here it is. I don't know. I got why, it. I don't know why I can't find the album. For WWF Superstars
1: Theme Music Volume 5, 1993. 1993?
2: Oh. 1993? Yeah, but they probably just had extra there. So it was Lex
1: Luger, I'll Be Your Hero, Doink the Clown, Men on a Mission, Razor Ramones, Smoking Guns, and Mr. Perfect. That was the cassette.
0: Okay, but that's not WWF The Music Volume 3. Oh my god. No,
1: it was Volume 5, whatever the fuck.
0: Boys, relax. (laughs) But yeah, there was a good house show.
2: We And I think, oh, that's also the house show where I got my foam plastic WWE Championship title.
1: Yes, it was. We fought over that many a time.
2: Yeah, we thought actually interesting side story in one of those matches. Jimmy broke his nose. That's a story in for Olivia. our basement. Yeah, but yeah, those like so. Yeah, I was like, I could have literally licked the Undertaker's face. It was fantastic. Highlight of my life.
0: <laughs> well, now I'm trying to look up what was on this house show in uh, in Newmarket, Ontario, from the World Wrestling Federation. But this website is not working out for me right now. Oh, it's World Wrestling Entertainment. That would be why. In 95? Was it WWE at that point? No. No, it'd be WWF at that time. But like on this database I'm looking at, it would not show WWE. I just, honestly, I miss King of the Ring.
2: That's a fantastic, like, pay-per-view or, like, concept. And I remember when Mabel was King of the Ring. Oh
0: Mabel, the only thing that's coming up is like 1986 at the New Market Recreation Complex. That might. Was oh, that was definitely not. It? It, it's definitely not 1986. Like you guys were. Oh, not, 86. Not I said 96. No. Well, but yeah, it was in New Market. What else? Fun. What this else? Is do you
1: from this? this is bad
0: radio. This is bad radio. What else do you remember from this show? Now I'm curious.
2: Buddy, I was like five years old. Or no, I was like seven years old. Get out of here
1: i don't remember much man Uh, we can talk i'll go over it for you after the show because
2: yeah because it's gonna be a lot of dead air if you guys just sit here trying to search it up
0: all right fine i give up but i am fairly confident this is 1995 i'll find it for you all right well we will discuss that we'll discuss that later and maybe we'll talk about it next week because we are way out of time uh thank you so much for joining us for another enthralling episode of 43.6 where we talked about a lot of (laughs) some heavy subjects and some not so heavy subjects thank you for joining us we will talk to you next week he's james he's maddie i'm dustin see you
3: later